people in the UK. Thousands of French troops have been deployed to prevent any further terrorist attacks. Ed Miliband, Nick Clegg and Nigel Farage have sent identical letters to David Cameron saying it is unacceptable for him to refuse to appear in television general election debates. The Labour, Lib Dem and UKIP leaders say they'll go ahead without the Prime Minister if he chooses not to participate. Last week, Mr Cameron said he would take part only if the Green Party was included. A refugee charity claims that women held at Jarlswood Detention Centre in Bedfordshire are watched by male staff while taking a shower. This is despite reassurances from the Home Office that such behaviour would not be allowed. Gail Sanderson reports. The charity Women for Refugee Women interviewed 38 detainees. 33 of them said they were seen by male staff in intimate situations, including when naked, in bed, on the toilet and in the bathroom. In January last year, the Home Office said male staff would not supervise women, showering, dressing or undressing. The private security firm Serco has just been awarded a new contract to run the centre, despite criticisms in the past. A Lib Dem MP is supporting calls by the Labour Party for an independent inquiry into the running of the East of England Ambulance Service, which covers Hertfordshire and Bedfordshire. The Shadow Health Secretary, Andy Burnham, says an internal NHS report shows that at least 57 patients, some of them terminally ill, died after emergency calls were downgraded last winter. Now the MP for Colchester, Sir Bob Russell, is backing such an investigation. A charity in Buckinghamshire has warned that homelessness will become much more visible in our town centres if something isn't done to tackle it. The Wickham Homeless Connection says that funding cuts and more people asking them for help have put major pressures on their services. In sport, West Ham are through to the fourth round of the FA Cup after beating Everton 9-8 on penalties. The match ended 2-2 after extra time. Everton had played for more than an hour with 10 men. And the weather, apart from the odd wintry shower in the morning, most parts will be dry with some sunny spells, highs of 5 Celsius, 41 in Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Barry. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's Wednesday. Favourite present my son got yesterday for his birthday? Operation. Operation. I flipping hate Operation. I give it uh, a week for all the bits are lost. Yeah. it's. I mean, I never liked Operation, but they've changed them. The bigger bits now, aren't they? Hang on a second. Across beds and bugs. This is... This, this is... Uh, Three Counties Radio. It's bugging me. I don't think the bits are bigger. You don't? Are the holes bigger? No, I don't think they are. I think are. it's easier. I think they've dumbed it down. Uh, well, they've dumbed it down, but because it's not so medically based. Before, it was proper bones. Where's the funny bone? Yeah. The funny bone isn't in there anymore. No. And the, the picture of the fella on there... Is this right? This is what I'm, I'm, I've heard, OK? The fella that built... <laughs> how I'm saying it, I'm realising it might sound ridiculous. The fella that invented Operation... Yes. ...was a real doctor, and he used it for training purposes, and... The picture of the bloke in the hospital bed 
is the doctor that invented operation. What, with a glowing red nose? The nose bit was added for, uh, you know, to give it a little sense of jeopardy. That could be true. Couldn't it? He also then went on to need an operation, didn't he? Yeah. He had no money. He made no money from the board game. Now, are you making this up? No. Well, how do you know stuff? You never know stuff. Are you saying that he sold his organs for profit? He sold his his funny bones. Because he's in, in this one, they don't have bones in. He's got like headphones in his body. Oh, has he? Yeah, he's got headphones in his I body. S- I seem to remember like a bread basket or something. Oh, there was a bread basket in there. That means you're uh, knackers. No, it doesn't. Does it not? No, that's your sweetbreads. Thank you very much indeed. No, this fella's lying in bed playing a PlayStation. What? On the any, anyway, anyway. Um, must have it, gone private. <laughs> no, it's, it's only PlayStation 2. Oh. So, we need to find out that the original operation, was it invented by a doctor who used it for training and it's a picture of him on the well, as the man? Operation was my lost game. It was the game that I bought myself as an adult because I'd not been allowed it as a kid. Yeah, Battleship. Battleships was my computer. Battleships, it was rubbish. Exactly, my parents were right. Yeah. I did lose all the bits. And we can do, we can, in my twenties. Can we do lost games without it being too retro centric? Like, like sort of second time round. I'll the buy ga- it myself. The games that you didn't get as a kid, so you bought them as an adult. My uh, brother-in-law bought himself a Mr. Frosty. Oh, no, rubbish! Yeah, rubbish, isn't it? You get like a tiny little bit of juice, and it doesn't really ch- chop the ice up. In the seventies and the eighties, they used to lie on those adverts. Mm-hmm, do mm-hmm. you remember the a la carte kitchen? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that kid mm-hmm, made beans mm-hmm. and a Swiss roll. And now, a Swiss roll, yeah. Yeah, You're yeah. Not like, you don't get real food with that. Health and safety gone mad, isn't it? The game's prototype was invented by John Spinello, Spinello. University uh, from university. From a doctor. He sold the rights to the game to Milton Bradley. Yeah. MB Games. For a MB sum games. of USD. That's US dollars. dollars. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> i tell you what, let me do this. We'll come back to you, Kelly, when you can speak English, OK? Flip it, heck. Stage. They call us irresponsible. Write a 
career being at the peak it is yesterday i was voicing a program for channel five about cats the world's funniest cats it's on on tuesday of next week oh really and they turn some... that round fast don't they? don't they don't mess around uh and this cat's in it this cat oh the little cat in the basket yeah yeah the little cat in the basket's in it oh it's british British cats. Is it? Yeah, British. Very talented cat. How did it learn all the lyrics? Um, I think they may have done that with a computer. Huh? But, um, uh, but I tell you what, I t- cats really do do the funniest things. They really do. And, like what? Um, like um, jumping from a car to a roof but missing and falling. Oh. Funny. Um, uh, like sniffing a st- cat statue. And they're getting scared and running away. Oh. And there's one dressed as a shark sat on a robot hoover. Wonderful, wonderful things. I Next Tuesday, one. yeah. Next Tuesday, Channel 5, my voice. And um, they, kept, they kept stopping me and said, Ian, that's great. Um, could you just be a little less sarcastic? <laughs> <laughs> they don't know you at all. No, they then. don't. So it, it's me being genuinely wondrous at the magic of cats. Look at this little guy. This is, and I got to say, look at this crazy cat. You sound sarcastic even saying I know, and I wasn't... It was genuinely brilliant, and they were genuinely very funny. Anyway, 0845. This is the problem you've got. Yeah. You've got a sarcastic voice. No, I haven't. I've got an impudent face. Yeah. Gets us both into trouble. And tiny arms. 08459. That was out. That was uh, below the belt. Well, it would be if it was my arms we were talking about. It's yours, so they're way above the belt. Yeah, knuckle dragger. I don't think you can say that anymore. 08459 555. Now on to more serious things. As ju- a judge has called for the permanent deportation of a Portuguese burglar with a history of targeting elderly pensioners. It would be the second time 34-year-old Daniel Besser was thrown out of the country, having already been deported in 2008. Well, Besser's been jailed for eight years for his latest crime, which, Catherine, you can tell us about now. What, what do we know? Well, we know that the judge, Stephen Gullick, didn't mince his words last week when sentencing Daniel Besser for what he referred to as an appalling attack on an elderly man in his own home. St Albans Crown Court heard that back on November the 26th, Besser had spotted his 86-year-old victim withdrawing money from Nat West in Watford Town Centre and followed the man, who has a prosthetic leg and walks with a stick, back to his flat, waited for him to settle down in front of the TV and broke in through the kitchen window. What Besser did not know was that this elderly gentleman had been burgled before and Hertfordshire Police had installed CCTV inside his flat, which is how the court was able to hear what happened in some detail, even down to the TV programme that was on at the time, which, by the way, was BBC Two's Flog It. Okay, so this this fella, this old fella is watching one of my favourite TV programmes. Uh, he's watching Flog It. He's watching people take their you know their stuff and, and and it gets sold. And then this chap just bursts in, does he? Well, not quite. He he's seen on the CCTV footage popping his head around the curtain that separated the sitting room from the rest of the flat. The victim hears something, gets up to investigate, and Bessa hides for a moment oh, be- before dear. being seen pulling up his hood and wading into the room where he starts rifling through the pensioners' belongings. At this point, the victim grabs his wallet off a sideboard and tries to put it. In in his pocket. Bessa sees this, grabs him by the neck. Remember, this is a disabled pensioner, 86 years old. And the footage played to the court shows the victim shouting back, 
he'll give him £10 and that that's all he has. At this point, Besser takes it and runs and the pensioner shouts after him, I will kill you, I will kill you. Now, the prosecutor, Simon Wilshire, said that when the CCTV from Mr Smith's flat was analysed, Besser was recognised and then he was arrested on December the 2nd. And this Besser fella had been deported already, previously. Yes, um, in this case, he pleaded guilty to possession of Subutex, which is a Class C drug, and also to burgling this uh, victim, this latest victim. But he had two previous convictions for five offences in which he targeted people um, aged between 59 and 83. Oh, t- tough guy then, huh? Well, at the upper age limit seems to be the one he targets most. Tough the, guy. Snatching a purse from a 76-year-old woman, taking a handbag from a 73-year-old Ugh. woman in a toilet cubicle. He was sentenced to eight weeks jail for those offences in, in March twi- uh, 2008 and he was deported. But he returned to Watford and before this latest offence he was sentenced to 21 weeks in jail from stealing a wallet and a handbag, again, from elderly victims. Uh, Judge Stephen Gullick, what did he say? He said, you have targeted elderly and vulnerable people to feed your drug habit. It was an appalling attack on an elderly man in his own flat. He was entitled to the full protection of the law. Um, And uh, Judge Gullick also said, I don't know what action the Home Secretary will take, but in my opinion, your presence in this country is wholly undesirable. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Having a look at the cameras on the motorways, the M1, it's no problems at the moment, it's all moving well, but it does look a bit wet, so take care for the surface spray. In High Wycombe, on the A404 Marlow Hill, there's roadworks at Marlow Road, that could slow things down. And on the A413 between Amersham and Great Nissenden, there's roadworks at London Road, so that is, look, it got very busy there yesterday, it could get busy there again this morning. On the trains, Virgin trains are running a normal service again between Milton Keynes Central and London Euston after the problems uh, yesterday and the day before at Watford Junction. But if you're going into London... Uh, King's Cross today on the train and using the tube from there the Piccadilly line is suspended westbound Samantha Brough BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you Sammy 8.16 it is uh, what day of the week is it? Wednesday Yeah Wednesday the 14th of January I'm Ian Lee these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio a judge has told a Portuguese burglar he should be deported after he attacked an elderly man in his Watford flat and the new edition of the French magazine Charlie Hebdo has gone on sale around the world a week after its offices were attacked by Islamist gunmen BBC Three Counties Radio Every weekday morning. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Local opinions. We think it's absolutely shocking that this young man should continue to have to be punished. He hasn't even shown any remorse or said sorry. Well, firstly, I have to disagree. The JVS Show. Well, we're not living in very optimistic times. But it does seem very clear, doesn't it? They're human beings. Some are good people, some are bad. The JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, here's a fun game I like to play in my car. For the next song, I change the words Sergeant Rock to Justin Dealey. And it works.
Justin Dealey's gonna help me and make the girl mine keep her stood in line. Justin Dealey's gonna help me and make the girl mine keep her stood in line. And make the girl mine wave the victory sign. Homelessness is about to get more visible in Buckinghamshire. That's according to the Wickham Homeless Connection, who says uh, we'll see more people on the streets in town centres if funding for charities like theirs continues to be cut. Now, I guess the cynics amongst you would say, of course they'd say that. But our calls to homeless charities across the three counties yesterday suggest that this is a pressing and growing problem. Well, Matthew uh, Heesman is chief exec of the homeless charity New Hope in Watford. Morning, Matthew. Good morning, Ian. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Yes, we've been, it's, it's, a, it's a special year for us. We've been around since 1990, so it's our Silver Jubilee this year. We've been working with homeless people uh, in terms of providing accommodation, support, and uh, basically helping people who have hit a hard time in their life begin to rebuild their lives. And uh, charity's done a remarkable job in the Watford area over, as I say, over the last 25 years. And how do uh, people who find themselves in this situation uh, make contact with you? Are they, are they recommended by an agency? Do they phone you up? How does it work? There's all sorts of ways. I think the, the key thing to say is that we are primarily um, aiming at meeting the local need because we simply don't have the resources to, to go beyond Watford in the local area. But we have a, a free phone number that can be found on the website, newhope.org.uk, and, uh, and that fields um, lots of questions. In fact, an increasing number of questions with people facing housing and homelessness advice. And also we have a support centre called The Haven, um, which is that uh, the details are on the, on the website too. And people can present themselves there and uh, they get some excellent advice. So how, are you, how are you funded at the moment, Matthew? How does it work? Yeah, okay, it works out sort of roughly. We get a third of the funding from a council, local council and uh, Hertfordshire County Council a third from uh, uh, housing benefits, and a third from uh, people who support us. Very roughly, uh, we rely on all those uh, three forms of benefit to enable us to do our work. And if one of those, you know, uh, uh, sources of income were to uh, be cut, would you still be able to function? Yeah, I mean, this is a very real problem because um, we experienced a 20% reduction in county council funding last year. I mean, that was a, a typical figure across the board, across the county. 
And it just meant that we, like our organizations, are going to have to think much more sharply and work much more efficiently and work much more in partnership in order that the work on the ground doesn't stop because the need of, in terms of the demand of homelessness, is not going to go away. And when that uh, that cut in funding happened, did it uh, uh, did people suffer as a result of that, or were you still able to to work despite the cuts? No, I mean, I mean, all credit to my staff who work on the ground for the service users, the men and women who we serve in in the local area. That was undiminished, uh, but we had to make a number of other cuts. But the, the work on the ground carried on. And this uh, idea of homelessness becoming more visible in our town centres, is, is it, uh, I mean, obviously a lot of people are going through tough times at the moment with, you know, austerity and, and cuts and job losses and zero-hour contracts and things. Is it a problem that's getting worse? Yeah, it, it definitely is. And um, the, the situation that we see in Watford is mirrored nationally. I mean, for example, in London, there's been a absolutely staggering increase in rough sleeping. I understand over the last two reporting years that that figure has gone up by 75% till over 6,500 now. And in, uh, in, a, in a local context in Watford, um, we, we undertake an annual rough sleeping count for the Department for um, Communities and Local Government. And that figure has gone up from 16 rough sleepers in the autumn of 13 to 22 last year. So although it's very modest compared to the London figures... Yeah, but hang on, that's just in Watford? It's just in Watford, yeah. Flipping heck. And in the same way, the, I mentioned the advice line, Numbers of, of calls going up uh, have increased by 39%, uh, people ringing the advice line. So it does suggest, just purely on those facts alone, that there is an increasing issue around homelessness that reflects a national picture. Matthew, just give us the website again in case anybody uh, is interested or knows somebody might need some help. Yeah, it's newhope.org.uk. Excellent. Keep up the good work. Yeah, thanks, Ian. Thank you, Matthew. It's been a Here's a fun game in the Beatles. That's it, put your headphones on. Yeah, what? Snog, marry, avoid, play rock and roll with the Beatles. Who, 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 who? I'd marry George. Okay. I'd snog John. Oh, interesting. Dirty. Paul. 
Oh, controversial. And you joined a rock and roll band with Ringo? Ringo, yeah, be fun. All right, okay. Kelly, your answers, please. Snog. George. Yeah. Marry John. Jo- you don't want to marry John. Yeah, I would. He'd be doing all those drugs and stuff. Yeah. Um, um, never made that bed either. No. Hey. And I'd probably avoid Ringo. So you're going to join a rock and roll band with Paul? Yeah. Oh, dear. You wouldn't be very rocking, would it? Be rolling. What do you mean? I thought you were married to John. By the what way, if John... What relationship fi- is this? If, you, if John finds out you've been snogging George, he's going to be furious. You know that, don't you? What would he do? Well, not a lot, considering the, the two main participants in that uh, fantasy are dead, but it wouldn't be nice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Looking at the speed sensors on the A413 in Little Kings Hill between Amersham and Great Missenden, things are moving fine through the roadworks there at London Road, but that did get busy yesterday, so it could get busy again. In Milton Keynes on the A421 standing way, there's roadworks around the Kingston roundabout, so expect delays there. And having a look on the speed sensors on the M11, uh, M1 southbound, sorry, that's moving fine at the moment, and no problems reported on the M25 either. On the trains, Virgin have a normal service again between Milton Keynes Central and London Euston, but if you're heading into King's Cross this morning and using the train from uh, the tube from there. The Piccadilly line is suspended westbound and severe delays on the rest of the line. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. We got a tweet from someone here, Kells. Mm-hmm. I had a couple of tweets the other day from people saying you were hot. Uh, but this fella's saying, I'm living and listening in the West Midlands, but a bit of Kelly Betts in the morning will do on 3CR. That's nice. Who sent it? Adam Pardon. Hmm? Adam Pardon. Hmm? It's not quite right, is it? No, we need to work on that. You do, don't you? Yes. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half past six with the headlines. I'm Barry Caffrey. A 34-year-old man has been told he should be deported to Portugal after stealing £10 from a pensioner. Bessa was first deported in 2008 after snatching a purse and a handbag from two elderly victims. The latest edition of the French satirical newspaper Charlie Hebdo is now on sale across the world. It's one week since Islamist gunmen attacked its offices in Paris, killing 12 people. A refugee charity claims that women held at Yarlswood Detention Centre in Bedfordshire are being watched by male staff while taking a shower. This is despite reassurances from the Home Office that such behaviour would not be allowed. A Lib Dem MP is supporting calls by the Labour Party for an independent inquiry into the running of the East of England ambulance service which covers Hertfordshire and Bedfordshire. The Shadow Health Secretary Andy Burnham says an internal NHS report shows that at least 57 patients, some of them terminally ill, died after emergency calls were downgraded last winter. And the weather, apart from the odd wintry shower this morning, most parts will be dry with some sunny spells. Highs of 5 Celsius, that's 41 in Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. West Ham are through to the fourth round of the FA Cup after beating Everton 9-8 on penalties. The match ended 2-all after extra time. Everton had played for more than an hour with 10 men. 
But their goalkeeper, Robles, missed his spot kick and West Ham's Adrenan scored his to set up a tie with Bristol City. Here's the West Ham boss, Sam Allardyce. What really worried me, because Everton have been a pretty bogey team recently, was when Stewart missed his penalty and I thought, here we go again. What are we going to have to do to beat an Everton like you mean? But gladly, our hero in the penalty terms was uh, Adrian. Not only did he save one, which was crucial, he scored the winning one. Fulham will face Sunderland in round four after their penalty shootout victory over Wolves. Their match finished three all after extra time. There are three more third round replays this evening. The incentive for Bradford and Millwall is a fourth round tie against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Elsewhere, Ipswich hosts Southampton while Burnley travel to Tottenham. In snooker, Ali Carter booked his place in the quarter-finals of the Masters snooker with a 6-1 win over Barry Hawkins. It was his first victory at the major tournament since being all the all-clear just before Christmas in his recovery from a cancerous tumour on his lung. Before the match, Carter was given a standing ovation on what was an emotional night at Alexandra Palace. The reception I got was awesome. I wanted to go out there and give a good account of myself. I felt like I've been a bit unlucky, really. I've, in the last two tournaments, the UK never went my way at all. But obviously I still had the, the, all the cancer business hanging over my head, so now obviously I've got all that behind me. I can focus on getting my career back. In tennis, Britain's Kyle Edmund and Liam Brody both won their first ever matches in Australian Open qualifying. Edmund beat Tristan Lamessine of France in straight sets and Brody was also a straight sets winner over the ninth seed, Farouk Dustoff. BBC Three Counties Radio News and Sport. I'm back with a full bulletin at seven. Just having a little Farouk dust off there. <laughs> Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. I need, BBC uh... Three Counties Radio. Oh, I need to check two things. First of all, what did that football man say? Because Everton have been a pretty bogey team recently. He did say Everton have put a bogey team. What's that? Because Everton have been a pretty bogey team recently. <laughs> Does he mean pony? Because Everton have been your bogey team recently. Because Everton have been your pretty bogey team recently. What on earth does that mean? Let's just, can we... Uh, so what's the third word? Let's just listen to that again, hang on. He is so close to my home and... What did he say? Because Everton have been your pretty bogey team recently. Because Everton have been your bogey team recently. Because Everton... If anyone wants to phone up and, and say this, you can. 08459 double five five double five. Because Everton do bogey team recently. Because Everton have been a pretty bogey team recently. What does that mean? Is he, is he, is he saying pitchiner? It's Everton pitchiner. Because Everton have been a pretty bogey team No, recently. he's not. <laughs> this is brilliant. Not only does he say it, but we played it out on the radio. So this is an interesting factual thing that someone's got to... Here's an expert. Because Everton have been a pretty bogey team recently. <laughs> the reporter should have said, sorry, what was that? Did you say the bogey team recently? <laughs> yes. Because Everton have been a pretty bogey team recently. <laughs> Kelly, we've had some um, great texts about you. Oh, thanks, guys. Uh, living and listening in the Midlands, but a bit of Kelly Betts in the morning will do. Thanks. Who sent it? Adam Pardon. No, I'm Kelly. Who sent it? Adam Pardon. No, I'm Kelly. Who sent it? Adam Pardon. No, who sent it? Because Everton have been a pretty bogey team recently. There we go. I'm confused. Um, let's have a song.
was editing a video for the Dolby team recently. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, everyone. Is it, are, are you tiny? Are you a really tiny man, like about thumb size? No. Because you're so quiet. <laughs> huh? Well, I'm phoning up about the bogey. All right, let's have. This is some man talking about football. Because Everton have been a pretty bogey team recently. What on earth is he saying? What he's saying is that Everton are. A bogey team to West Ham, which means they don't usually beat them. That's what it means in football. No, it doesn't it's mean that. It, no, it does. It's a well-known it, it is it's not. Not. Right, get Dealey on the phone now, Kels, because Dealey <laughs> knows football. Andy, can you help us with, that, with the second and third word, though? Everton, a bogey team. Listen, now, there's the... Obviously, 
slurring his words like Ian usually does. Oh! oh. Well, that's his sort of... <laughs> right, have a listen. Because Everton have been yeah. a pretty bogey team recently. Now, Rafay, who's listening, I believe is listening in Pakistan, has um, <laughs> said um, he reckons it's because Everton have been, you know, pretty bogey team recently. I don't think that's right. So we're listening for have been, you know. Here we go. Because Everton have been a pretty bogey team no. recently. Everton have been a bogey team. Everton have been a bogey team. Andy, that is not a well-known phrase in football. Bogey team is not, not the other thing. No, but bo- <laughs> bogey team. Your fella likes football. Yeah, I don't Has listen ever- to him talking about oh, it. Oh, right, OK. <laughs> glaze over. He, no, I have never, in all my years of uh, supporting uh, football teams around the world, um, been, uh, heard the phrase, oh, they're a bit of a bogey team, aren't they? Yeah, that's a well-known phrase. If you ask Justin... Do- just, you asked, Andy, you asked Justin. You asked him. Dearie me. Justin? Hello, Andy, how are you, mate? Hello, Justin. Andy, you I'm know just, the phrase. Yeah, don't... of course I know the phrase. And, yeah. uh, Ian, you're making yourself sound like an absolute yeah. plum this morning. If I was you, yeah. I would just leave it. Just leave it, all right? What? what? Hang on a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. a pretty bogey team recently. Right, you reckon that that's a phrase, Dealey? I know it's a phrase. Well, what right. does it mean? I'll tell you what it means. Exactly like Andy's trying to explain to you. Fair play, Andy. You know your stuff. Yeah. What it means is it's a team that you come up against every year or every other year, whenever you play them, and you struggle. Struggle to beat no. them. For whatever reason, you just struggle to What's beat that, that particular to, team. What's that got the to do with bogeys? <laughs> does it mean they're sticky? Does it mean that you, you, um, you flick them? Or they've got pram wheels attached. Oh, how can I put this? If you're having a breakfast, I think what it means is sometimes you, you struggle to get rid of a bogey and sometimes if you're playing a certain team, you struggle to, to see them off. Do you see what I'm saying? You've got to roll it before you flick well, it. Well, done, well, done, well, OK, well, yeah. well done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Andy, you're, you're barred for the rest of the year. <laughs> Thank you, Andy. And Justin. Yes, boss. I don't like this. What has happened to you? Because you got a bit cocky recently. No, I haven't at all. The bogey thing is nonsense. You were banging on about saxophones the other day, and now they're the greatest instrument in the world. I don't like this cocky attitude. No, no, I'm just saying, when it comes to a bogey team, that's a well-known phrase if you like football, but um, you not being a real man, um, you don't like football. And uh, before seven o'clock, I'm working on something which is going to turn you. All right? That's all I'm going to say. When it comes to saxes, I'm going to turn you. Should I just cut him off now? Please. Bye, Justin. Bye. Speaking of real men, dolls yep. make boys more caring. Says oh, here we go. MP. Here we go. Boys should be encouraged to play with dolls so they're more likely to seek careers in caring, a minister has claimed. Now, my nephews, if they were to play... Well, and they do play with my uh, daughter's dolls, their dad gets very uncomfortable about it. Really? Why? Uh, I think he thinks it's effeminate. Are they not playing soldiers, though, in war? Uh, well, they start... No, he, he, my uh, little nephew, he's only two, he likes to push the uh, push chair around. But yeah. it's a different toy, isn't it? Yeah, toys, yeah. Anyway, I think it's quite lovely, and I encourage it, and send pictures to his dad. Look at this. Lib Dem Equalities Minister Joe Swinson said boys would end up more nurturing. I, I think it does turn into fights at the end uh, of most of the games, but, yeah, OK, they start out loving the babies. She said more needed to be done to challenge the messages sent out to society over gender roles, which she claims stop men working as home helps in the adult care sector. Really? Um... Really? Um... Really? Well, I don't think dollies are going to do it. The thing is, we try to keep our way, uh, our boys away from guns and all those kinds of things. I think there is a genetic disposition that boys are attracted to one form of play and toy and girls to another. They will make guns, won't they? Yeah, 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 totally. They will make guns. And how do you, So how do you even know about guns? You've never heard of guns. I'll tell you what was interesting. Over the um, Christmas, my little nephew got um, some cars for Christmas and one of those sort of garage things that yeah. had a slide on it. 
he lay on his... It's not, it's not a slide, mate, it's a ramp. Yeah, whatever. So he lay on his stomach the whole of Christmas Day, just playing oh. in his own head. Oh. Was, he, the... was he blowing off? No, <laughs> just playing with the, playing with the cars. Oh. Meanwhile, my daughters had two cars each. Yeah. And the cars were talking to each other. Oh, Where are you going? Oh, I'm going to the shop. As if they were dolls. That's disgusting. Boys and girls, I think, do play differently. Yeah. Here's another thing that's disgusting. And this What's is disgusting? done as a cute story, and it's not. It's flipping awful. Meet Mango the Mog, a Mew line, at Tesco. I'm obsessed with cats, it would seem, after doing this show yesterday. Crazy cats. Crazy cats from around the world. He's now so popular, he's on Facebook. Well, listen, you're on Facebook and you're not popular. Anyone can be on Facebook. You just set up an account, is what I'm trying to say. Right. Perched proudly on a trolley or nestling in a box of de-icer, Mango the Moggy is king of the supermarket aisle. Ooh. Exactly. That makes me feel itchy. The tabby spends most of his time snoozing in the foyer or curled up in the entr- on the entrance mat of the Tesco branch in Tiverton, Devon. He's become so well-loved that an unknown customer set up a page on Facebook. Ugh. But the thing is, there's, there's pictures of him then walking around the shop. This is Tesco, right, where, um, if, if I remember Tesco correctly, they sell food, don't yeah. they? They sell unwrapped food. That is disgusting. You don't want a cat walking around. They're, they are covered. If, if you were to take a, cut a cat's foot off and send it to a laboratory, it would come back feces, feces, feces. They claw their own feces. They do it, and then they dig it, and then they walk in it. They are disgusting. And they've always got um, like maggots around their bum. What? Not maggots, like little tiny little slugs. I know, because I find them on my bed. They so, haven't always got them, have they? Have they not? Anyway, you know what? This is disgusting. No wonder Tesco's going down the pan when they allow wildlife this to walk in, around. This is in Devon, right? Yeah. Hippies. Has Everton have been a pretty bogey team recently? Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, that's starting to look very busy between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. And having a look at the A1 southbound on the speed sensors, that's looking quite slow between Rowley Lane and Barnet Lane at the Stirling Corner. In Milton Keynes on the A41 Standingway, there's roadworks going on at the Kingston Roundabout. It's looking fine at the moment on the speed sensors, but will get busy later on as it starts to get into the morning rush. And having a look at the trains, the 721 service from Wellingard, uh, from Hatfield to Moorgate has been cancelled because the train has a fault. And if you're using the London Underground today, the Piccadilly line surface is suspended between Uxbridge and Rainers Lane because of a signal failure at Ickenham. Also, if you're going into King's Cross and using the Piccadilly line from there, it's suspended westbound between King's Cross, St Pancras and Hammersmith. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. It's 6.46. Uh, it's Wednesday, the 14th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A 34-year-old man who lives in Watford has been told he should be deported to Portugal after sp- stealing £10 from a pensioner. And a refugee charity claims that women held at Yarlswood Detention Centre in Bedfordshire are watched by male staff while taking a shower. 08459 455555. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Good morning. There's a Met Office yellow weather warning in place for parts of Buckinghamshire this morning for snow and ice. We still could get some wintry showers this morning. More likely to fall a bit of hail, but it is possible, particularly to higher ground. And also on untreated roads and surfaces, we could get some slippery uh, surfaces this morning. But also for Bedfordshire as well. Not the snow risk, but the ice risk. The Met Office has a yellow weather warning in place for there as well. Now, throughout the middle part of the day, it's actually going to be quite quiet thankfully drier some sunny spells clouding over towards this evening and it's going to feel very cold maximum temperature five celsius our next yellow metaphorist weather warning comes into play this afternoon and throughout tonight into tomorrow it's for strong winds and heavy rain now the rain probably going to stay around buckinghamshire and berkshire but the wind is widespread across all three counties strong to gale force winds 50 to 65 mile per hour gusts but also some heavy rain mixed in there as well fairly mild for the most part until that rain clears out of the way tomorrow morning and then the temperature will dip 3 Celsius the minimum at that point but for the majority of the night it's going to stay around 7 or 8. So for tomorrow some bright and sunny spells, also some wintry showers, still breezy temperature up to 9 Celsius and that's your forecast Every weekday from 12 We're talking to Ellis Jones uh, about her journey which has uh, landed her in the arms of Youthscape When I was five my dad left our family It's your first inclination to go oh I must have done something naughty Nick Coffer I was in a really vulnerable place The people at Youthscape it is literally their job to show you that they love you and care about you and whatever you're going through Every day my job's a privilege but every once in a while it's an even bigger privilege because I get to meet people like you Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio it is Matt. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. You sound like a, a ray of sunshine on this cold, miserable January morning. I'm, of course, joking. You sound as miserable as hell. There we go. Well, the, the, the famous, the famous this, Matt Grunt. You. The famous Matt Grunt of discontent. <laughs> oh, and the evil laugh as he plots to take over the world. <laughs> What's your beef? Matty Bum Bum? You criticising people again. So what, who have I criticised, Matty Sam Bum Bum? Allardyce. Sorry? About his bogey team. Say that again. You're on about Sam Allardyce from Western West Ham manager. He is... Everton was... He said he was bogey team. Say that. What did he say? Uh, Everton's our bogey team. Right. You don't know anything about football. Hey. There's not a lot you know about. Hey, you, hey, Matty Bum Bum. you love to criticise people. You, you talk Calm a lot of down. crap. Calm down. I can't understand you here. Hey, Matty Bum Bum. Yeah, don't you take Calm them Calm down. <laughs> hey, Matty Bum Bum. Calm down. There you go again. Calm down, hey fatty boom boom, I calm down, sweet sugar dumpling, I calm down, hey fatty boom boom, I calm down, let me tell you something, I calm down, no not because you're so big and fat, don't believe I'm afraid of that, self-praise is no recommendation, I'm looking for creation. Hey, fatty boom boom, I calm down. Sweet 
sugar dumpling. I calm down. Hey, fatty bum bum. I calm down. Let me tell you something. I calm down. Don't need a look like mouse on a one dollar bread. I won't stop trying till I drop down dead. Never let your big size fool you. The cooler day I Hey boss, I've got a great story for you. Yeah, it's Very about Matty Bo- Sorry. Yes, it's about this tune. I had dinner last night with Colin Berry, yeah. the radio legend that is, yep. and uh, whilst we were having dinner, he was playing that tune. I kid you not, Wowzers. he'd heard it on your show yesterday Wowzers. morning. He dug it out, he was playing it <laughs> over some who, pork belly. Who sang uh, Who sang Hey Matty Bum Bum? It was... Carl Malcolm. Carl Malcolm. Is he dead? I'm not totally sure. Let's get him on the show. Dead yes. or alive, Carl Malcolm is coming on the show well, to do this alive. song. I thought it was Kenny Rogers. <laughs> Sorry, Matty Bum Bum? I thought it was Kenny Rogers. Have you that. have you calmed down? <laughs> yes, I've calmed Matty, down. Matty, say hello to Janet. Hello, Morning. Janet. Hello, Janet. Good morning. Have we got any Kenny Rogers there? Could you repeat that, please? We want Kenny Rogers. Uh, I don't know who he is. Oh, sorry. I You're as sad as Ian. I am a very sad person. I <laughs> And tell me something else, Janet. Why don't you tell us the name of the songs after you've played them, like you just played Morrissey a while ago, and you never tell us the name of the songs? Why? Well, you've just said, please, Janet, I don't play the songs. Well, you want to sort it out. It's, it's a bit... Drives me mad. Unfortunately, I don't present the programme. If I presented the programme, maybe I could give it a different slot. Yes, you would. It'd be far better programme if you were presenting the programme, Janet. I think. I don't think Three Counties Radio would agree with you. Yes, there's hundreds of people that would agree with me because he's going downhill fast. Well, I think we have to try and support him in that case. He needs a job. Well, you can't support... You can't support people like him. Oh, I think you can try and support I think he's related to Jonathan Ross. He's got a young family. You need to support him. He's got to... Well, it's a shame. I feel sorry for his family. (laughs) (laughs) Is it snowing yet with you? No, no, no. Right, well, at Ashridge, we've got two and a half centimetres of snow, and it's snowing could, hard. Could you tell me what that is in inches? Um, one inch. Thank you, that's very good. That's why I like you, Janet. 
Can you not convert? Surely you're not going to let people take advantage of you by being unable to convert. Justin, yes. what you got for us? Uh, <laughs> I think we just had some new romance blossom there. We know, wow. Matt's, we know Matt's on his own, sadly. You know, but that's, I, I, yeah, I think it's that cheeky laugh he's got. I think it's a winner. It doesn't mean that life should be over, the romantic life should be over. Absolutely. Kenny G. Yeah, you spoke about Kenny yesterday, <laughs> and I was, I, was, um, I was very offended by your comments about uh, Kenny G. Offended? The, Shut up, you plum. The legend that is Kenny G. So yeah. what I've done, um, I've gone off into my office here, uh, which is where everything that I need to make a radio package. Is that the same office? Is that the, the serial killer office? Yeah, but you haven't asked for any more serial no, killer profiles. I thought you were going to change the office now. Just deliver one one a week, you plum. It's now called the package office. So <laughs> I'm here <laughs> at the moment, oh, um, surrounded by technology, and I've put a little piece together for you about Kenny G, some some history, and also whether people still love him on the streets. This is going to turn you. Let's talk, Kenny G. Kenneth Bruce Gorlick, Songbird, a big fat tune with a capital T. Experts estimate there are 3.2 million people walking this planet right now because of this classic, officially the make-love sound of the 1980s. He started playing the sax at the age of just 10, and he's now sold nearly 75 million units, including Breathless, quite simply the best-selling instrumental album of all time. And now he has a new generation of fans after appearing with his beautiful perm in a Katy Perry music video. If you haven't seen that video, check it out. He was also an early investor in Starbucks. Next time you have a mocha frap, think of him. And he can fly a seaplane. But do the streets still feel Kenny? <laughs> what do you think? Good morning, madam. You well? Well, well. Lovely. The Beatles or Kenny G? Kenny G. The Rolling Stones or Kenny G? Kenny G. Bross or Kenny G? Kenny G. What did you have for breakfast? Kenny G. Wow, you cheeky little thing, you. Have a good day. Thank you very much. Kenny G. Hashtag still rocking people's world in 2015. <laughs> there you go. The proof again. <laughs> I'm not sure one person repeatedly saying Kenny G is proof. Every question was Kenny G. <laughs> no matter what the question was, it was Kenny G. Such an was idiot. Kenny G the safe word or something? <laughs> oh, she was a big Kenny fan. Well, I've got others. If you want to hear the other fans, that's fine. But I just thought she was the uh, creme de la creme. I would, I would love to hear the others at any time, Justin. That, I mean, that was uh, Kenny G. Yeah, that was yeah, absolutely yep. wonderful. Uh, well, I don't know what. What do we send Justin out on? We've got that. boys with dolls. 
Boys with dolls? What? You send them out on that? Yeah. What about uh, bogey sides? No, I don't. I, I, I think that most people on the street will know what that means. Everton's our bogey team. Right. I, I tell you what. For the for the next hour, yes, we'll let you mm. um, um, just just because I like to humiliate you. Yep. Go around, and no one will know what a bogey team is. I'll give you a minute off the back of the sports news on that one. I'm I'm convinced that people will know. Okay. And then we have right. uh, uh, boys playing with girls' toys as well. Um, yeah. Okay. You, well, you disapprove. Well, you don't even want to say the words. Why would a boy play with a girl's toy? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, it's starting to get quite busy between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne. Further afield on the M1 southbound, uh, there's a lane close between Junction 17 for Dunchurch and 16 for Daventry in the roadworks. That's because of a breakdown. On the M25 anti-clockwise, looking at the speed sensors, it's starting to get quite slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 18 for Chorleywood. And in Beaconsfield on the Amsham Road, that's starting to build up now between Ledborough Lane and London Road. Having a look at the train departure boards in the 721 Great Northern service from Hatfield to Moorgate has been cancelled because of a train fault. And on the London Underground, the Piccadilly line is suspended between Uxbridge and Rayner's Lane. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. No, 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 no. I should look at what I'm doing. When I'm driving, I should concentrate on the road. So, boys playing with girls' toys, bogey teams, fatty bum-bums. Oh, and apparently Dunstable's a dumpstable. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Barry Caffrey. The headlines, burglar told he should be deported from Watford. Criticism for Yarlswood Detention Centre and concern about homelessness across beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. A judge has told a Portuguese burglar he should be deported after he attacked an elderly man in his Watford home. 34-year-old Daniel Bessa was jailed for eight years for stealing £10 from the pensioner. Tony Fisher has more. Bessa was first deported in 2008 after snatching a purse and a handbag from two elderly victims. But he returned to Watford and was sentenced to 21 weeks in jail for a similar crime. In sentencing Bessa for this latest offence, Judge Stephen Gullick told him he targeted the elderly to feed his drug habit and his presence in this country was wholly undesirable. The new edition of the French magazine Charlie Hebdo has gone on sale around the world a week after its offices were attacked by Islamist gunmen. It's being translated into six languages and will be available in the UK. Thousands of French troops have been deployed to prevent any further terrorist attacks. A refugee charity claims that women being held at Yarlswood Detention Centre in Bedfordshire are watched by male staff while taking a shower. This is despite reassurances from the Home Office that such behaviour would not be allowed. More from Gail Sanderson. The charity Women for Refugee Women interviewed 38 detainees. 33 of them said they were seen by male staff in intimate situations, including when naked, in bed, on the toilet and in the bathroom. In January last year, the Home Office said male staff would not supervise women, showering, dressing or undressing. The private security firm Serco has just been awarded a new contract to run the centre, despite criticisms in the past. 
A Lib Dem MP is supporting calls by the Labour Party for an independent inquiry into the running of the East of England Ambulance Service, which covers Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire. The Shadow Health Secretary, Andy Burnham, says an internal NHS report shows that at least 57 patients, some of them terminally ill, died after emergency calls were downgraded last winter. Now, the MP for Colchester, Sir Bob Russell, is backing such an investigation. Charities across the three counties are warning homelessness will become much more visible in our town centres if something is not done to tackle it. The Wickham Homeless Connection says that funding cuts and more people asking them for help have put major pressures on their services. Matthew Heisman is Chief Executive of the homeless charity New Hope in Watford. He told Ian this morning that cuts to funding means they have to scale back resources. We experienced a 20% reduction in county council funding last year. I mean, that was a, a typical figure across the board, across the county. And it just meant that we, like our organisations, are going to have to think much more sharply and work much more efficiently. In sport, West Ham are through to the fourth round of the FA Cup after beating Everton 9-8 on penalties. The match ended 2-all after extra time. Everton had played for more than an hour with 10 men. And the weather forecast, apart from the odd wintry shower this morning, most parts will be dry. Highs today of 5 Celsius, 41 in Fahrenheit, and we can expect some sunny spells. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. Morning! Well, I was absolutely shattered this morning when I came in. I thought, oh, we're not going to get much of a show. But boy, oh boy, the last 15 minutes, haven't they been ridiculous? I won't say good, because, yeah, that's probably inaccurate. But, coming up in the next hour of the show... talking about, uh, well, a thoroughly unpleasant gentleman who broke into a, a disabled elderly man's house and nicked a, a tenner off him. The judge has called for him to be deported. We're also asking, what's a bogey team? This is not a, an acceptable phrase in football. And we never do old toys, because I just think you start talking about old toys in the 70s, suddenly you're onto Spangles and uh, Zippy and George, and it's, it's just... I'm not Ian Collins. I can't do that rubbish. Saying that... Catherine came up with a good one. Second time toys. Second time toys. Now, so this, explain it. These are things your parents refused to buy for you, normally saying they were rubbish or you'd lose the bits. Yep. So you got your own money, you grew up, you bought them yourself. I, uh, um, uh, for me, it was it was electronic battleships. Yeah. And boy, oh boy, what a load of rubbish. The advert where it's two posh men playing it in a box in a theatre. You sucked my battleship. Mm. You got to program it all in. It, oh, it's absolute rubbish. What was yours? Uh, operation. Mum said I'd lose the bits. Yep. So I bought it myself. I lost the bits. Here we go. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Across beds, oh. and bucks. Yes. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Also, also, also. Two other things. Busy show this morning. Uh, there we heard from Janet. I think Janet actually had a point to make, didn't there she? There was some snow in Ashridge. Two it's, inches. It's, no, one inch to be precise. Two, two, two centimetres. Two centimetres, one inch. I don't know if that's... I think... Uh, I think she's um, slightly less than an inch there, but um, who are we to quibble? Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Snow watch! 
I can't wait until we get to read a list of schools that are closed. Should I just have a quick look? Oh, God. Now. Oh, I hope it's snowing. I hope it's not. I want to go home. Uh, and also, there's... Um, who sent me this? Someone sent me this on uh, Facebook. Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Snow, snow. Snow, snow? Snow, snow. Sandra sent me this uh, on Facebook. It's uh, from the Daily Mail online. I don't think it's in the papers. Um, but it's in today's... Um, what day was it? The 13th today? No, yes. yesterday. Yes, yesterday. Yesterday. It was up yesterday evening. Our disappearing high streets, once thriving Dunstable, now a ghost town with 43 boarded up shops. Remind me, where are we moving to in March? Dunstable. Oh, flipping hey, heck. Think of it positively. Oh, flipping heck. Very few annoying neighbours. <laughs> with rusty shutters down, newspaper covered windows, and endless to let and for sale signs, shops in Dunstable present a depressing picture of how many of Britain's once bustling high streets have failed to recover from the Bedfordshire. Uh, from, from the Bedfordshire from the recession. Um, oh, blimey, look, and there's a picture of the quadrant in its heyday in the 70s. Yeah. And in its nayday in the now nowties. Yes, I remember going to Woolworths to spend my birthday money in Dunstable. We used to go there for a sh- as a shopping destination. I've been for years. Medieval Dunstable, closed down. Game Station, closed down. Becky's Boutique, closed down. Londis, closed down. To let... Oh, no, that's the thing. Carol's unisex hair design, closed down. Straw Hatter coin-op laundry, closed down. Ashton Square shopping, closed down. Second time around, closed down. Dunstable, closed down. It's closed down, isn't it? The biscuit shop is closed down. There's another... It's all closed down. There's no down. biscuit shop. Well, exactly, it's closed down. Oh. That's the thing. Uh, if you live in Dunstable, you can give us a call. 08459 555 It's a story that we've heard uh, for a long time. Unless you closed down. Well, in which case, yeah, that'd be tricky to do, though, wouldn't it? Blimey, it's a depressing picture, isn't mm. it? The high street's dead, man. When, when are we just going to accept that the high street, as we know it, as we've known it for the last... I don't know, 60, 70 years, is, is, is dead, it's gone, it's Unless finished. you're pouring coffee down someone's throat, no-one needs to visit Unless you you're getting off your face on caffeine so you can stay up all night and place bets. That's the thing, by the way. Hello. I noticed there was a drive through coffee shop. Can you imagine if someone had told us that? Oh. When we were children. One day, people will go in their cars to get coffee. There's a drive through coffee shop on the M40 on one of the service stations. It's a very naughty place. It's great. Coffee, though. Yeah. Coffee, though. Yes, please. White, white no sugar. Oh, no, just one. A Portuguese burglar faces deportation for a second time after targeting an elderly man and attacking him in his Watford flat. Horrible story. Absolutely horrible story. 34-year-old Daniel Besser has been jailed for eight years for stealing just £10 from the victim in November last year. He was first deported in 2008, but he returned to Watford where he continued to target the elderly to feed his drug habit. Well, Buckinghamshire immigration and human rights lawyer Nyla Khan joins me now. Morning, Nyla. Hi, morning, Ian. Morning. Now, can you understand how Bessa was allowed back into the country in the first place? Um, well, I don't know the, how he's entered again because um, I wasn't—I didn't have that information. No, of course. But I can—I can tell you that. Look, um, if he was deported in two thousand and eight, um, 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 you know that's only six years ago. 
and if his deportation may still expand, meaning he, it hasn't been revoked or, you know, it's not been cancelled. And he's here um, simply as an illegal entrant. So he's not here as a European national. He's, on this occasion, he's entered illegally. So, um, you know, he, he had committed an offence, which is unfortunate. Um, but um, um, I have no idea how he's entered that. So that, that can happen, though, Nyla. If, 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 if someone uh, with European citizenship, a fr- let's, well, he's, he's Portuguese. So a Portuguese person gets mm-hmm. deported, then they are officially uh, not allowed to enter the country again. Absolutely not. The, the, the free movement of party directors comes with limitations and conditions. You're allowed to come here and remain here. But if you have committed a crime, um, you know, a serious crime, um, you know, then you will be deported and it, it will be recommended automatically. And after that point, you cannot come here unless that deportation is broken. And how would it work? If he were to come, if, if someone were to, who'd been deported were to come back legitimately, would, would they get to Heathrow and they, they scan their passport and like a, a red light flashes and they get taken away? Absolutely, they will. Um, they the, the authorities um, have a system. They can check that this person has been deported and uh, this person is not um, either deported or removed. And they will be sent back and they will be removed. And if they, for some reason, refuse, they will be detained. They will not be allowed to enter the UK. Now he's been sentenced to eight years uh, in jail this time. If he were to be okay, first of all, can any judge deport someone, or does it does it have to be higher up than that? Um, no, what happens is when when the sentencing judge is um, doing um, his sentencing, um, now I'm not a criminal lawyer, so I don't know much about no. that, but I know that the other decision, they can recommend um, um, somebody for deportation. However, if somebody has been convicted uh, for a crime um, um, involving something serious like sexual offences or drugs, or um, they've been convicted and sentenced for a period of 24 months, they will be, that will be automatic, and you don't need a recommendation. That, that will happen automatically. Nobody gets to say that. And, and he's been sentenced to eight years. Will he serve his time here and then be booted out, or or or, or does he? Would, would, would a criminal serve part of their time abroad? Because I guess I guess there are human rights uh, um, problems there. In the, if 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 someone is from Portugal and is serving time here, they might want to be at home nearer their family. Well, no, um, that, they'll have to make that application. But at the moment, as things stand, they will they will serve the time in the UK, and after that point, they'll be deported. They will serve the time where they've committed the crime. Right. Is it too easy for people to get into the UK, do you think, Nyla? Um, not now. It isn't. It's making it's become increasingly more difficult, impossible, nearly, um, to just come back here and not be detected. Um, I know that we can do this better, though, because the police force don't do checks into foreign criminal, um, the criminal history um, of a, a foreign national when they do do um, checks and if they encounter them. But we only do that 30% of the time. So I think having better checks with the police force, that would help us detect them sooner. But it's not very easy because you, they do carry out immigration checks generally a lot. Nyla, good to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed. That's Nyla Khan, who's a human rights lawyer um, and uh, an immigration lawyer. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. So, for the first... Get this, right? For the first time in, say, 23 years... Mm. I know how much I weigh. Oh. Yeah. How much? Have a guess. Um, how can you guess someone's weight? 14 stone. Just under 14 stone. Mm. About 13.8 stone. They measured me in kilograms. I had to go home. I had to go, oh, oh right, okay. Yeah. Then I had to go home and convert it. I'm at half your weight. So I could eat you and still um, have room for pudding? Yep. 
What should we count? Eighty-seven point nine. Oh, no, definitely main course. You're you're an amuse bouche. No, you're an hors d'oeuvre. Oh. Hmm? Uh, eighty-seven point nine kilograms. Mm. Kilos. Mm. Kilograms. Mm. We, we, Either sa- or. I think they're the same. But yeah. not grams. Not grams. No. no. I think uh, you're a bit uh, heavier. And thirteen point eight stone. Now, I'm. I am impressed with that because I've always been. I, last time I weighed myself, I was just under thirteen stone. Mm. I was thirteen stone. Mm. So twenty odd years later, I'm the same weight. Who else can say that? Who else can say that? You can't say that because twenty years uh, twenty years ago, Kells, you were ten. Um. So you must be twenty years ago. I probably weren't even thought of. Um, I was a lonely, lonely child. Uh, Kath. Yeah. 20 years ago? 17. Stone. Wow, well, you look great now. Well done. That really is... Well done. Well done, Kath. Well done, Kath. I've got two things to say to you two. <laughs> Both of them. Thoroughly, Feast your eyes upon them. Thoroughly unpleasant. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise is starting to look quite busy between junction 21 for the M1 and 18 for Chorleywood. Also having a look at the speed sensors on the M1 southbound looking slow between junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne. Also on the M1 southbound the lanes closed between junction 17 for the M45 and 16 for Daventry through the roadworks there making things very slow. On the A1 southbound that's looking busy now between the St. Neots junction and the Black Hat roundabout with the roadworks there and on the trains no major delays being reported at the moment but on the Piccadilly line, it's suspended between Uxbridge and Rainers Lane with severe delays on the rest of the line, but Great Northern Trains have said that tickets are being accepted on their services. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, 7.16, it's Wednesday the 14th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A judge has told a 34-year-old Portuguese burglar he should be deported after he attacked an elderly man in his Watford flat. And a Lib Dem MP is uh, supporting calls by the Labour Party for an independent inquiry into the running of the East England East of England Ambulance Service, which covers Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from three. Let's talk about your story. They're little globules of uh, it's chocolate. What is that sticking out of that? That's the abdomen of oh. the ant. Roberto Peroni. Film critic Richard Fitzwilliams. Welcome to the programme. Richard, will you be watching Rambo 5? They are unsubtle, they are silly, and they do not appeal. Overweight people are being ignored, humiliated and insulted on a regular basis. When you're in the supermarkets, people watching what you're picking up and passing comments. Can I ask you, please? It. What does it cost to have a cycle of IVF when you decide, well, I have to have children? It all totaled uh, to nearly £25,000. When you're in such a low and desperate place, you'll do anything. Roberto Peroni on BBC Three Counties Radio. So here's my plan. This is what I think we should do on tomorrow's show uh, with the uh, publication of the Charlie Hebdo cartoon magazine. Oh, no. Sorry? Out today, I believe. It should is this be... the same plan? You yes, had? yeah. Uh... We uh, send Justin to walk through the streets of Luton reading a copy, copy of Charlie Hebdo. Uh... And judge people's reaction. No. Why? Well, no one's going to believe that Justin's reading that. Yeah. Because he doesn't speak French. The English translation coming. Oh, is that? Yes, it's being done. Well, it's being done. They're going to call it the Charlie Daily. It's being done in French, Spanish, I believe, English, and oh, Arabic. Oh. <laughs> Guys, what are you thinking, guys? 
Um, it's like they're trying to be deliberately <laughs> provocative, isn't it? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Dealey, wandering the streets of Luton, reading Charlie Hebdo. I th- I, listen, I think there's an award there for the biggest plum on the radio if he says he'll do it. We won't get him to do that, of course, but isn't it interesting that we won't get him to do that? Because it's not pornographic. There's a woman in one of the papers today. Where is she? Um, Because there's been all this, oh, the British papers have bottled it by by not showing it. And um, the Independent, I think, showed a picture of it yesterday. And uh, Panorama showed a picture of it. And that's pretty much it that have done it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then there's this woman, the British news agent, determined to sell the new Hebdo magazine. A village shopkeeper is stocking more than 100 copies of the new issue of Charlie Hebdo to show her support for free speech. In the village... Let's see um, where... She expected a run on Charlie Hebdo's. Let's, let's see where her village is, if it's the heart of um, uh, Islamic uh, population. I can't see where she's uh, where it is. I'm, a little, I'm nervous. I'm shaking now. I'm only a little village shop, but I don't care because what I'm doing is right. We'll be selling it from Friday. I think I'm the first one to do it. I might be old-fashioned, but I'm not going to be scared. I'm selling it as a one-off. Mm. Um, I don't know where she's from. So she is selling it to make a point. Yeah. Because otherwise, if she wanted to support it long term, she would um, put in an order for everything. Is week. it relevant? And, I th- and if I've got this wrong, Ila Aguera, I apologise. But looking at her name and looking at her dress, I make up, and I could be completely in- incorrect here, that she is a Sikh. Now, Sikhs have got beef, inappropriate choice of words, with Muslims, haven't they? There's kind of, you know, those guys don't get on particularly well. Is she doing it for that reason? I kind of, listen, I'm all for free speech and stuff, but I wouldn't want a copy of it. I think, how many are they expecting to sell? Millions? Well, they've made three million. Mm. Um, 2,000 copies are being imported into the UK. John Menzies are going to have, John Menzies, is John Menzies still going? Gosh. John Menzies are going to have some. I think there's going to be a lot of people buying them and going, oh. Let's, should we just put the question out? I bet it's not funny. Would you? Are, are you going to buy it? Would you buy it? Yeah, and would you buy it to make a point? 08459 four double five five double five. The Charlie Hebdo magazine, it's probably available today in this country. Would you buy it? And will you buy it next week when it's out again? And the week after? 08459 four double five five double five. Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, now, a charity in Buckinghamshire is warning we're about to see more homeless people on the streets. The Wickham Homeless Connection says that funding cuts and a large increase in people coming to them for help have put major pressures on their services. And they're not alone, according to other charities across the three counties that we spoke to yesterday. Well, Ryan Flecknell is Chief Executive of the Prebend Day Centre in Bedford. Morning, Ryan. Good morning, Ian. What's the situation like where you are? Well, we've obviously seen some dramatic changes um, in recent years, uh, starting from 2009 onwards. And to give you an example of the need that we're facing, last year we helped 833 individuals, um, which equated to roughly about 75 individuals a day. 
Brian, can I just ask, sorry, are you on speakerphone or something? It's a little muffled. I'm not. I do apologise. I'm on my mobile You've just phone. got a rubbish phone. Relocate myself. No, don't worry. It's fine. We can, we can make it. Just, don't worry. Hey, listen, one day, one day, Ryan, they'll invent a mobile phone that can make phone calls. Wouldn't that be a world? There we go. Uh, do, you, do you agree with this, that the problem of homelessness is, uh, it is getting worse and, and it will become more visible in our town centres? Yes, I think what, what we're facing is a number of issues. Um, we're, we're facing big changes in the benefit system that I have been or been through in recent years. Although I am, I am a, I am a fan of the, the principle of the changes. I don't think that they're being managed correctly, and I think they're targeting some of the wrong people. So you are going to see um, that have a knock-on effect, and people become more visible on the street. But then, secondly, you've got another issue where how private rental housing is becoming so inaffordable. Uh, particularly for those who are working, let alone those who are on benefits or low incomes. So we've we've got these uh, this this problem we're facing as a country as to what we can do to actually help people that find themselves with a problem of, of, of homelessness. Um, finding them somewhere that's affordable to live um, uh, uh, is going to be a massive challenge in the future. And Ryan, how how are you funded? Where where does your money come from? Right. Our, our money comes from a variety of different sources, as I'm sure you can imagine, being a local charity, small local charity. We do get lots of money from different departments within the local authorities. So we get money from public health, we get money from the Bedford Borough Council, we get money from adult services. But the biggest and primary supporter that we have is the public. Um, they, they give to us in the region of about £50,000 a year in money, in monetary value. Mm. Uh, let alone, on top of that, they, they donate us probably, um, we have about 20 to 30 active volunteers, um, which, which if, if was to pay those individuals at uh, an hourly rate, you're probably looking at about another £100,000 a year in costs. And then all the resources that we receive in terms of donations of clothing, food, and other resources. So the primary, big, uh, largest supporter that we have, um, I would say, is the, is the public. And it must be tricky, I would imagine, for a smaller charity, because when I think of, of uh, homelessness, I instantly think of shelter, and there are, there are these big charities that everyone's aware of. These, these smaller, uh, uh, more localised charities, it, it, must be, um, it must be tough for you to kind of be heard. It is, absolutely, and I think that's probably like some of the biggest issues that we're facing as well, and that's some of, some of the issues that we face with the funding cuts that we've had through from central government that then, can, that then filter through to local authorities, and the fact that we, we see the reduction of funding means that all of the funding to, uh, to the private grant and trust and trust makers uh, to, to, to get the money that we need in order to provide the service that we, we, we do. And the issue we face is we're against larger charities that are in the same boat. And you, 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 although we are fantastic value for money, much better value for money than, 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 than a lot of people realise, uh, we can't compete with, with big competitors um, with our marketing or, or with, with the cost. So we, we are being consumed um, um, by larger, larger groups that are out there. Right, listen, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go because your, your phone is, is breaking up even more, but we got, the, we got the main thrust of your point. Thank you very much indeed. Ryan Flecknell, Chief Exec of the Prebend Day Centre in Bedford. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to uh, give us a call. Or you can text us on 81333 oh. for 3CR in the beginning. Yeah. Have we got any texts? We have. You know, um, earlier on we were talking about the equalities minister who yes. is uh, urging us to encourage our little boys to play with dolls. Oh, and yes. Caring. Yes, makes them more caring and sensitive. I don't think it does. Does it, though? Helen Milton Keane says, My brother used to use magic marker to paint mascara on my doll. Oh. Also punched holes in the hood of my pram to hey. give them more air. Oh, that's caring. Yeah, that's good. He went on to join the army and then worked as an HEV driver until he retired. Um, and Notker is known for the caring side of life, although he's a very kind and considerate man. Here's a question I'm going to regret asking. Dave, did you ever play with girls' toys? Yeah, mate. All the time. Would you like to expand? Yeah, little dollies, you know. Yeah, I always carry a little dolly in me, in me hand. Yeah, that's not now. That question, hasn't it? Now? Pardon? You do that now, do you, Dave? No, 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 no. Oh, it was a joke. Yeah, it's a joke. Yeah. Oh, Dave, you oh, must Dave. tell us when you're going to do a joke. Oh, he did. That's a good one. David! Oh. You've yeah. got to oh, tell us when you're going actual... to do yeah. a joke. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, well, tell us. Yeah, well, All right, I, so, so do it again, right? So yeah. uh, you're going to do a joke, yeah? No, no. Okay. I'm, I'm going to talk seriously. Okay. Well, you're, you're yesterday. Okay. Uh, you're going to tell us a joke, right? And so uh, here we go. go. Dave. Yeah. Did you ever uh, play with girls' toys? No. Oh, did, 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 I thought you played with dollies. No, no. That's a joke. No, I not. <laughs> I know, mate. But we didn't. Yeah, well. I know now, but I didn't know when you were saying it. I thought it was just another one of your boring stories. Well, because we know you've no. got a toy tiger in your car. Yes. So why would yeah. you? So, Dave, here, here we go. Here comes a joke. Two right. of them. Yeah. Here comes a. Here comes a joke. Dave. Yes. Do you play with girls' toys? No. Oh. Kath, you explain it to him. Dave. When yes, he says that, yes. say what you said before. Why are you, why are you changing it? I know that because we like that to keep comedy joke. fresh, but... Um, that, was a coach, uh, that was a joke, Kath. I know, well, that's what we're trying to get you to do again. Oh, yeah. OK, ready? Yeah. Okay, Here it comes. So, Dave? Yeah? Do you play with girls' toys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you do, mate. Hey, Dave, you going to buy Charlie Hebdo? Who's that? Who's Charlie Hebdo? Never heard of him or her. Do you... You've been listening to the news in the past week? Yes. Right, I'll ask you again. Are you going to buy Charlie Hebdo? Oh, I know what you're talking about now. But I thought that was called Charlie. Actually. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A1M southbound, it's looking very busy between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. And the M1 southbound also looking quite slow on the cameras between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne. Looking at the speed sensors in Hemel Hempstead on the A41 southbound, that's quite slow between Two Waters Road and the M25 Junction 20 for Kings Langley. In Beaconsfield on Amersham Road, it's starting to look quite busy between Ledborough Lane and the A40 London Road. And on the trains, no major delays showing up on the departure boards at the moment, but the Piccadilly line um is a uh, severe delay Sorry? because of a signal failure not no, not right? suspended it's What's got a severe happening? delay what's going on oh, it, what is going changed. on we come to you sammy we, we come to you for facts 
not <laughs> for bullshine, right? Well, it just changed. What do you mean it just changed? Pick a, well, it's not suspended anymore. The Svid lays on the Piccadilly line. Okay. It's not the rough BBC Three Counties Radio. Catherine's just been very snobby to me. That's not news. No, I'm mispronouncing Charlie Hebdo. No, I didn't. I was making a joke. I'm not going to do... I'm Charlay. Not, I'm not doing what all the BBC newsreaders are doing, apart from Barry. Well done, Barry. He won't do it. And uh, the latest on the story of the Charlie Hebdo case in Paris is... Uh, no, I'm not, do, I'm not doing it in a French accent. Go on. No! Freedom of speech is Charlie Hebdo. It's Charlie Hebdo, if you want to be funny about it. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half past seven with the headlines. I'm Barry Caffrey. A 34-year-old man has been told he should be deported to Portugal after stealing £10 from a pensioner. Bessa was first deported in 2008 after snatching a purse and a handbag from two elderly victims. The latest edition of the French satirical newspaper Charlie Hebdo is now on sale across the world. It's one week since Islamist gunmen attacked its offices in Paris, killing 12 people. A refugee charity claims that women held at Jarlswood Detention Centre in Bedfordshire are watched by male staff while taking a shower. This is despite reassurances from the Home Office that such behaviour would not be allowed. A Lib Dem MP is supporting calls by the Labour Party for an independent inquiry into the running of the East of England Ambulance Service, which covers Hertfordshire and Bedfordshire. The Shadow Health Secretary, Andy Burnham, says an internal NHS report shows that at least 57 patients, some of them terminally ill, died after emergency calls were downgraded last winter. Charities across the three counties say homelessness will become much more visible in our town centres if something isn't done to tackle it. The Wickham Homeless Connection says that funding cuts and more people asking them for help have put major pressures on their services. And the weather, apart from the odd wintry shower in the morning, most parts will be dry with some sunny spells and highs of 5 Celsius. That's 41 in Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Everton are out of the FA Cup after they were beaten 9-8 on penalties by West Ham in their third round replay. The match had finished 2-2 after extra time. Roberto Martinez's side played for over an hour with 10 men following Aidan McGeady's sending off. Very, very proud of, of, of a performance that um, I thought it deserved to, to allow us to get through. But um, it's, it's, a, it's a game that we can be extremely proud in the manner that we adapted going down to 10 men and the amount of call opportunities that we open clear uh, away from home that we created. Um, overall, it's a performance to be extremely proud. Fulham will face Sunderland in round four after their penalty shootout victory over Wolves. Their match finished three all after extra time. There are three more third round replays this evening. The incentive for Bradford and Millwall is a fourth round tie against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Elsewhere, Ipswich host Southampton, while Burnley travel to Tottenham. Ali Carter says he's back where he belongs after booking his place in the quarterfinals of the Masters snooker with a 6-1 win over Barry Hawkins. It was his first victory at a major tournament since being all getting the all clear just before Christmas in his battle against lung cancer. 
I can focus on getting my career back now and being back at the top where I belong. And if it wasn't for all the things that have happened to me over the years, I'd have probably been a lot more successful than what I have. So all credit to myself for getting through it. It's, it's been uh, not, not pleasant, I can tell you. And in tennis, Britain's Kyle Edmund and Liam Brody both won their first ever matches in Australian Open qualifying. Edmund beat Tristan Lamassine of France in straight sets. And Brody was also a straight sets winner over the ninth seed, Farouk Dustoff. The other British man in qualifying, Bryden Klein, was beaten. Those are the sports headlines. I'm back with a full news bulletin at eight o'clock. Song calling me down the road is where I'll always be. Every stop I make, I make a new friend. Can't stay for long, just turn around and I'm gone again. Maybe tomorrow I wanna settle down. Until tomorrow I'll just keep moving on down this road that never seems to end. When you adventure lies just around the bend So if you want to join me for a while Just grab your hat, come travel light, that's old style Maybe tomorrow I'll want to settle down Until tomorrow the whole world is my home So if you want to join me for a while Just grab your hat, come travel light, that's old style To recap what we're talking about. Playing with girls' toys when you is a boys. Yeah, would, would, uh, apparently it makes boys more, passi- more, more passive. More caring. Pa- placid. Yes, and caring and nurturing. Doesn't at all. You know when Simon and Matthew came over to play with my doll's house, do you know what they did? I don't even know who Simon and Matthew are. Boys next door. Do you know what they did? Hmm? They poked my windows in. And do you know what happened when I played with Simon and Matthew in their garden? Did you, did you, did you snap their ray guns? No, I asked their mum whether I could do a wee in the grid too. Bad, bad influences. Wow. They smashed your windows in? Yeah. Wow. Poked them in. All of them, every single one. I had to go on the bonfire. Ruined. That is outrageous behaviour. So we're talking about that. 
Rules? <laughs> I mean, wow. Boys. Boys will be boys. It's experimentation, isn't it? wonder where those boys are now. <clears throat> they owe me a doll's house. Uh, we're also asking, would you buy the Charlie Hebdo magazine? I, well, I, I don't quite know. I I've mean, had someone attempting to start on me on Twitter over this. Go on. Maybe I'm reading it wrong, but it looks like starting to, oh, to me. Oh, it's this fella that's, that stopped starting on me because I just ignore him now. I may even have blocked him. I don't, know if, I don't think I blocked him. I OK. What did he say? Maybe I'm reading it wrong. Maybe then. I'm being overly... Yeah, um, go on. But he says... Uh, where is it here? What point are we trying to make after buying the magazine? Please reply on air. Well, no, come. No, no. no that's the question we're asking. Yeah. you. You oh, call, call us, call us, fella. I'm not, we're not going to. You can't. You can't send tweets and, and then. No, it's not how it works. Come and have a conversation. It's not for me to answer it. Yeah, and we can't tell if you're from your tone if you're being aggressive or being. We can't tell. So give us a call. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about that. Would you buy that? Um, oh, and we're also talking, Justin. Yeah. About the ridiculous world. Of football. Yeah, this the great in, world of football. This was in the football bulletin earlier on. Because Everton have been a pretty bogey team recently. First of all, this guy's... Just, there's a bit where he goes... Uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Because Everton have been a pretty blah, 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 bogey blah, blah, team blah. And then he says something about a bogey team. That's right, Everton yeah. have been a pretty bogey team just recently. A, is that Big Sam? Um, I don't know who that is. Does it sound like Sam? Oh! I, 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 I presume it is Big Sam because he's talking about Everton. You don't know who that is and yet you support well, the footballs. It, well, no, only because, as you say, he's not very clear in his speech, is he? Well, that voice is quite reckon. <laughs> he sounds like the landlord from early doors. Because Everton have been a pretty bogey team recently. Oh, yeah, anyway, I, th- I think that's Big Sam. Big anyway, Sam out it's, it's not a phrase. So, it is. Well, you've taken it to the street. I've noticed your package is only 38 seconds long. No, Which because... makes me think mm. that this you've done a daily special. No, it's not a daily special, but um, you mentioned this earlier on, and you had a call, I think it was Andy, uh, off the back of the sports news, and I said to you, I'll keep this brief, because I think most people who understand sport know what this term means, because you don't like football, that's all it is, so I've taken it to the streets, asking people, do they understand the term bogey team, here's what they had to say. Bogey what? Bogey team? Bogey team. The one whom you lose to always, whether they're good or bad. So you understand it, you get it, yeah? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the team that can't beat. Well, it's it's the one that um, continually beats you, I guess, as, as a side. So, I guess uh, with Man United, it's Chelsea. Yeah. Um, bogey team always you always lose against them. You never win, and you never have any chance of winning. And it's a common term, isn't it? You've heard it lots. Yeah, definitely. Not too sure. And what about yourself? I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, it means a side that, that you find it hard to beat. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Either. We're the BBC taking information to the streets. Have a good day. Thank okay. you. <laughs> See, those women didn't know. Yeah, and this was the point I was going to oh, get to. Come no, on, hang on, Justin. hang on. Most men, I'm being stereotypical here, but, but most men, they're into the football. They would understand that term, bogey team. Those girls had no interest in football whatsoever, okay. and they didn't understand it. I, I'm not knocking no, you, boss. No. I'm just saying you don't like football, so why so would I'm you not know that term? I think you uh, make these terms up, you people. I think you people make these terms up to um, sound more like experts when really you're just mm. watching the same thing with different teams every week. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it has been around for years. Here we go. And, and I'm, I'm pleased to say that years ago, uh, Luton were Watford's bogey team. Yeah. It took them ten years to beat the Hatters. Ten years. Here we go. Here we go. I'm hearing a lot of words, but I don't get any of them, Here do we you? Go. <laughs> Justin? Yes? I apologise. There's, oh. there's no need to apologise. No, there is. I was, why? I was wrong. It turns out it is a term, and you were right. Yeah, but only I because you don't like football. Apologize. That's why. Not, um, not everyone likes football. I understand that, that you have a fascination with, with, with the monkeys and, and not football. Don't, don't. I know what you're doing here. You're trying to humiliate me. I'm not at all. Accept the apology. Thank you. Accept it. Thank you. Hang on, Ian's on the line. Morning, Ian. 
Hello, Ian. It's uh, bogey size, not a bogey team. Hey! That it apology's works. being real back in. <laughs> Come on, I'm like Top Cat with that coin. I'm having it back, fella. It works both ways. Bogey team, bogey side. Well, does it work both ways? Uh, Ian, yeah, other Ian. No, it's a bogey side, it's not a bogey team. It's a bogey side. And we used to always have a Coventry fan, and we always used to be Luton. So we were Luton's bogey side. You're a Coventry fan, you say? I'm a Coventry fan. I remember us beating you 5-0. On a cold January day, many years. Yeah, okay, boss. Life. Okay, okay. I, I get the picture. I do. And, and Coventry, yes, were in fact uh, Luton's bogey side for many years, along with Bristol City for quite a few years as well. So, yeah. And, yeah and, and as a football fan, could, I get it. Yeah, we can't. We can't beat Morecambe. That's our bogey side. We can't beat Morecambe for some reason. Mm -hmm. It happens. Year after year. Happens in the game, unfortunately. Always going to be a bogey team slash bogey side out there. Yeah. Oh no! Oh no! 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 <laughs> oh, are you, are you still there on the line? I'm still here. Oh, he's doing this thing where he's playing Jatem. Oh uh, God! Can I ask you a question? Yeah, go on. What did you have for your dinner last night? And talk what to me about your dinner. Talk, talk to me about it slowly. Pizza. Oh, what topping? Pepperoni. Is that your number one topping? No, I prefer ham and pineapple normally. Well, why didn't you have ham and pineapple then? because I bought a pepperoni one the other day oh. in the fridge. So when you're eating ham and pineapple mm. at the weekend and you're not at work and you're nice and relaxed and you've got yeah. Kenny G on in the background, how does it make you feel as a person? It makes me feel great, especially when Matthew Day comes on. Can't we talk about football, Justin? <laughs> Who you got this weekend? Uh, this weekend, um, I think we've got Plymouth. So anyway, there's you know cupboard. What said there? What? Oh my love, you are the wave and I am the desert island. Yeah, so she, he's, he's lapping up against her. Mm. Oh, blimey, that's an image, isn't it? Eh? He was a dirty fellow, dirty wasn't he? Dirty devil. Dirty devil. I wonder if he put his fag out. Is he the one that Isn't said it? to Whitney Houston, I would like to you... Was he around at that time? Yeah. He's dead a long time, No, it? no, it was, wasn't it Serge Gay? Who's the other dirty French man then? It's only Serge. Have you not seen the clip? No. YouTube, Serge Gainsbourg and Whitney Houston, and he says in no uncertain language, I would like to you. Oh, and... On a live television chat show. Did she give him... Oh, she wouldn't have given him a smack in the chops there and then. I think she did. Oh, well, she yeah. certainly... Go and have a look at that. It's good. Go and have a look at that. Not safe for work. Or maybe it is. I don't really remember. It's Whitney long Houston, who later coined the phrase, uh, phrase, hell to the no. Sorry? Yeah. What the? Hell to the no. She made that phrase up. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? Cause I, I say that every day, and I don't know where it comes from. Whitney. Isn't that amazing? It wasn't all bad then, was it? Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's looking very busy on the cameras between junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. On the A1M southbound, that's very slow too, between junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. On the A1 southbound, it's looking very busy now between the St. Neots Junction and the Black Hat Roundabout, so it's quite slow through the roadworks. And in High Wycombe on Amersham Hill, that's uh, very slow into the centre of High Wycombe. Having a look at the train departure boards, no major delays showing up there at the moment. All seems to be running well, except for on the Piccadilly line, there are severe delays 
delays between Uxbridge and Acton Town, but tickets are being accepted on Great Northern services. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Catherine's just watching that clip now, and um, we're finding out if I've got it right. Does Serge Gainsbourg actually... He's kissing her hand. OK, he's kissing her hand. I'm just dipping your microphone slightly so we don't hear it. Is he speaking English or French, Catherine? English or French? He's going to say. Here we go. OK, right. I'm just Don't put your headphones near the microphone, please, because I don't want it to bleed over. His mic doesn't work. OK, don't, don't put your headphones near the mic. I don't want it to bleed over, please. You can put your mouth near it. He's a genius. Yeah. Yes, yes, I'm just talking... Yeah, and... Uh, You're a friend of mine. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's building up to it. He's being romantic. He may be a dirty Frenchman, but uh, he's being romantic. He's having a little drink. This is a great clip. Serge Gainsbourg and Whitney Houston live on... Wow, t- he did say that. Did he say that? Yeah. <laughs> it really is one of those... I miss people like that. Horrible old sexist men. 7.46. It is Wednesday, the 14th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A 34-year-old man who lives in Watford uh, who uh, has been told he should be deported to Portugal after stealing £10 from a pensioner. A refugee charity claims that women held at Yarlswood Detention Centre in Bedfordshire are watched by male staff while taking a shower. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. We have a couple of Met Office weather warnings in force today. The first this morning for snow and ice. We still could get one or two wintry flurries, particularly above higher ground, but most of them seem to be skirting elsewhere and avoiding us. Still may get one or two though, but also for ice. Now, the temperature in the last hour has dipped for many of us, so uh, any moisture on the roads could actually freeze. For untreated roads and surfaces, it could be quite a slippery affair this morning. Now, the middle part of the day is going to be quite quiet, thankfully, with some sunny spells. Um, not too much in the way of wind. Still a breeze, but not too much. But the cloud will gradually start to increase this afternoon and that wind will start to pick up. The maximum temperature we can expect, really around 5 Celsius, so feeling very cold throughout the course of the day. Now, our next Met Office yellow weather warning comes into play this afternoon for strong winds and heavy rain. Now, the strong winds uh, is across the board, all three counties. Strong to gale force winds, gusts of 50 to 65 miles per hour possible through the course of the night and into tomorrow morning. The rain really skirts around Buckinghamshire and parts of uh, Berkshire. So uh, down towards Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire, there is still going to be some heavy rain, but just not quite as much. But strong winds, heavy rain overnight tonight. Temperatures staying mild at first, but getting colder once that rain clears tomorrow morning, where we could see temperatures dip down to three Celsius. And that's your forecast. Thank you, Kate. Coming up, a local sporting legend and someone who's a bit enthusiastic about what they do. Oh, and Shaz. Three Counties Sport isn't just about hearing your team in action. In action. Baker! And Baker gets his goal and history has been made at Stadium MK. It's about the managers. He's a great lad and the culture we have here is going to fit right in, so really pleased to have captured someone like that. The players. You never get an easy game in the Championship, home or away, usually, and I've been no different this, this weekend and no, we're, we're pretty confident at the moment. And the fans. It's been obvious since August we need one stroke, two strikers. Every day we bring you latest news on your local team. Boots and midfielder Luke Rooney signed a contract extension until the end of the season. The 24-year-old originally penned a six-month deal in the summer. Three County Sport, keeping you up to date with Luton, Watford, MK Dons, Stevenage and Wickham every day of the week on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, Shaz. Morning, Ian. How are you? I'm good, thank you, boss. What you got for us? 
I just wanted to say, I, I think Drive Time is absolutely brilliant with you guys. Um, uh, you know, I, I religiously listen to you guys. It, it, it's fantastic. Don't bring religion uh, into it, Shaz. <laughs> That's causing trouble all over the place at the moment. Hey, listen, no religion, no politics. It's just brilliant humour. And I, I've got to say, um, I, I just missed the, the back end of your show yesterday. I was dropping my kids off and kind of got back in the car only to miss the back Unbelievable. end. Unbelievable. Can you please play that again? Because I just it's, it's ringing in my mind. I can't get it out of my system. Hang on, play, play. What do you want us to play again? Hey, fatty, boom, boom. That one. <laughs> I can't. We played it already today, Shaz. Hang on a second. Hang on a second, mate. You've just said you listen religiously, and then you missed a fatty boom boom today. You missed the tail end of the show yesterday. I'm starting to question your dedication to the cause, brother. Uh, Well, look, JVS as well, so I've kind of fit in half of you and half of JVS. Oh, I say, cheeky. Well, Shaz, we don't want half measures. It's all or nothing. Yeah. Shaz, get the Shaz, get the podcast. I will get the podcast, but I'm just literally driving into work now, and it'll just be a, you know, a, a great drive. Sounds like an excuse, mate. Yeah, it does you know sound what? like excuses. I mean, excuses. I love Shaz, but I don't want to share. I'm going, I'm going right off Shaz, to be honest. Mm. He's, uh, he's, he's all the big man, all the I am, mm. and then suddenly um, it's all about JVS. Yeah, guys, actually, JVS isn't all that. I mean, you know, it's all about Ian Lee, and I've got yeah, you guys, yeah, uh, yeah, you know. Shaz. Easter eggs are coming out soon, you know. What, do you want us to buy you one? Hey, Shaz! We cannot accept food from listeners. Not after Mike Mendoza was spiked with LSD in 1987. Shaz, thank you very much indeed. You're, you're, you're very, very kind. Now, yesterday, we all got... Well, I certainly got excited. I don't know if you two got as excited as I did. I, I, I don't like sports, as you know. Mm. Can't stand sports. <clears throat> I think they're dull. Except for, I do like a bit of snooker, and I do like a bit of darts, and I do like the short runs. Like the 100 metres to... Oh, Ke- Kelly, please, <laughs> mate. Unbelievable. Isn't the runs a horrible word for mm. diarrhea? Isn't it a horrible word? Anyway, what I do like you prefer? the. <clears throat> I, I prefer diarrhea. I prefer, I prefer um, solid stools. Anyway, <laughs> no. The 100 metres. The, anyway, anyway. So running. I prefer <laughs> the running because she's going to hang up in a second. So. And we always get footballers, clips of footballers who sound, I mean, or, football, or, or, or footballing type people who just sound, well, they just sound so miserable, don't they? And you don't know what they're banging on about and they'd sound so ungrateful for, or you get football managers that say things like this. Was Everton have been a pretty bogey team recently. Oh, cheer up. You guys are in privileged positions. You're getting paid a shed load of money for doing something that you love. Well, yesterday's show in the news, we heard a voice uh, from someone who is doing something they love, a sport, and they're dead enthusiastic about it as well. Fallon Sherrick. Morning, Fallon. Morning. I was so impressed yesterday because you... Now, listen, I'm, I get confused. There's all these different darts leagues. You you won a darts championship, didn't you? Yeah. Which one did no, you... No, I didn't, I didn't win it. Oh. I can't remember up. Uh, okay, you, okay, you came second. Eh? You, you kind of won it in my eyes. Now, which one was it? Was this the BDO? Uh, yeah, BDO World Championship. And the clip of you on the news, you sounded so uh, just excited by it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like, I was so happy. So tell, and where did they hold it? Pardon? Where did, where did they hold it? Where was the tournament? Um, Lakeside Country Club. In, I think it's in Surrey. Fantastic. Now, that is a proper atmosphere. When you're, how long have you been playing darts for, Fallon? Uh, about four or five years now. So to come to become runner-up after four or five years, that seems like quite a quick progression. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Kelly's got an interesting fact for you. Kelly. 
Fallon? Yep. You've got the same birthday as my nan. Oh, good. She really wanted me to tell you. It's a different year. Different year, yeah. But this is the thing, right, because you've, you've now, and I don't maybe you've realised it, but you, you're now kind of part of, um, well, people know you, Fallon. The fact that Ke- Kelly told her nan you were coming on, and her nan got all excited. She's like, oh, happy. I've got the same birthday as her. You must tell her. Must tell her. Isn't, <laughs> that must be a bit weird. A little bit. I mean, when I was coming home on the train on Monday, I think two people stopped me, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm famous. <laughs> uh, it, it must be funny. Did you ever? I mean, I'm assuming that dance. You, you do this as an amateur, do you? Um, I do it as like it, like all the time. I go away nearly every weekend playing it. Yeah, I'm kind of like. Uh, I suppose you could say a professional dart player. Right. Okay. And you, I, I don't. Hey, I don't need to know the sums. But do you do you make money from it? Can you live on darts? Um, you can live a little bit on it, yeah. <laughs> good. <laughs> well, good. It must be. And, and when when do you realise, Fallon, that you're not just throwing arrows in the pub? That actually, you've got you've got something a little bit special about you. When you start it in one eighty for fun. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. If I were to stand you in front of a dartboard now, what, how how long would it take you to get a one eighty? Uh. Well, it depends. If I constantly throw, I reckon probably within three minutes. That's brilliant. And here's the thing, right? <clears throat> because with some sports, there are obviously differences between men and women, right? You, you, it would be unlikely, although someone will argue this, it would be unlikely you'd get a women's football team playing a men's football team. But you, I can't see that there would be any difference between the skills of, of male darts players and female darts players. Um, I don't think... There's much difference because at the end of the day, it's just frying darts. Like, there isn't any difference between it. I mean, women dart players can play as well as men. It, and, and do women play against... Are there any tournaments where women do play against darts? Could we ever see you against Phil Taylor or something? You could if I joined the PDC because there's oh. nothing stopping women dart players from playing in it. Yeah. But, this, this I mean, is... Anastasia done it a couple of years ago. Right. Oh. This is all the politics of all the different things, isn't it? I saw Eric Bristow yeah. having a bit of a rant about it on Twitter. Yeah. Silly old sausage. Well, Fallon, <laughs> what's next? When, when's your next tournament? How does it work? Do you play, like, league matches, or, or where do you go? Right, well, I've got, like, ne- ne- this weekend coming, I've got County Dark. Yeah. Where, obviously, you play all the counties, but obviously you play one every like different times yeah and then the weekend after i've got the dutch open which is in holland Fantastic. and then a couple of weeks after that i've got scottish open obviously in scotland that's in scotland i thought then, that might be yes yeah. I, I guess that one yeah <laughs> and then there's a world trophy comp coming up as well and have you got have you got uh lucky arrows if you lost your special darts would would that kind of throw you off a bit um not really, because I can get, like, new sets of my own darts. Yeah. However, if I lost my top, I'm pretty sure I've got a lucky top. A lucky top? top. Oh. Yeah, if I lost that, I'd cry. Hey, Fadden, listen, <laughs> well done. I wish you the very best of luck, and I look, look forward to, to seeing more of you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Fallon. Congratulations. There we go. There we go. <clears throat> and, you know, again, you get all this nonsense from football managers. Well, it's the skill and the psychology. It's just throwing darts. She said it. She summed it up. It's just throwing darts. Wasn't she nice?
Ah, man alive. Uh, right, here we go. This is a quantum leap. We're talking about this... Uh, what's this Portuguese story? This this uh, this Portuguese horrible... Portuguese uh, chap who's been de- was deported fella. back in 2008, somehow managed to get back into the country. A judge is calling for him to be deported again because he keeps targeting elderly uh, people. He's been uh, sent down for eight years uh, for burgling an elderly gentleman after following home from uh, the bank... This bloke's a repeat offender. He's fueling a drug problem. Well, Silvino, who is... I think you are Portuguese, aren't you, Silvino? Yes, I am. What would you like to say about this? Well, I'd like to say it's utterly degrading for the Portuguese community here in the UK. Because back home, we are told to be proud of who we are, where we come from. I cannot find that every time I hear a story like this. Have you got... Here's the thing, Silvino. He's a drug addict. Have you got any sympathy for him? He's no. obviously not very well. No, none whatsoever, because it is a choice in the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah. It's well. your choice to go into drugs or not. Uh, I've I've done my drugs in the past. I, I never became uh, an addict, uh, I'll be honest with you. But uh, in the end of the day, I made the choice not, not to go on with it, so... If I could make it, I, I believe anyone can. Savino, you think that he, uh, that, that people like this drag the good name of the Portuguese through the uh, proverbial mud? Yeah, definitely. Because well. it's just utterly disgracing and 30-odd years old, you should have something more between your ears. Silvino, thank you very much indeed. I wait 459 455 Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Looking at the speed sensors on the A1 southbound, that's very slow from the St. Neots Junction to the Black Cat roundabout with the roadworks there. In Mill Hill on the A1 Watford Way, that's looking very busy too between the Apex Corner and the Mill Hill Circus. Having a look at the motorways on the M25 anti-clockwise, there are queues between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. And checking the cameras on the M1 southbound, that's very busy between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne. On the train departure boards, no major delays are showing up, but on the Piccadilly line, there are severe delays between Uxbridge and Acton Town, so tickets are being accepted on Great Northern services. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Samantha, thank you very much. So, toys that you didn't get as a kid, you weren't allowed them, you bought them as an adult? Back me up on this, we don't usually do old toys, so I I feel a little bit dirty. Kit, are boys playing with girls' toys? And are you going to buy Charlie Hebdo? And if so, pourquoi? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock with the headlines. I'm Barry Caffrey. Burglar told he should be deported from Watford. Criticism for Yarlswood Detention Centre and concern about homelessness across the three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio. A judge has told a Portuguese burglar he should be deported after he attacked an elderly man in his Watford flat. 34-year-old Daniel Bessa was jailed for eight years for stealing £10 from the pensioner. Sentencing, the judge Stephen Gullock told him he targeted the elderly to feed his drug habit and his presence in this country was wholly undesirable. Buckinghamshire immigration and human rights lawyer Nyla Khan says once someone is deported they must not return to the UK regardless of whether the country is within the EU. 
the, the free movement of Patrick Director comes with limitations and conditions. You're allowed to come here and remain here. But if you have committed a crime, um, you know, a serious crime, um, you know, then you will be deported. The new edition of the French magazine Charlie Hebdo has gone on sale around the world a week after its offices were attacked by Islamist gunmen. Eight members of staff and four other people were killed. From Paris, Chris Morris reports. The new edition of Charlie Hebdo stays true to its satirical, sometimes offensive roots. Fourteen defiant pages of scurrilous cartoons and comment, lampooning religion, politics and people in power. The cartoon of the Prophet Muhammad under the caption All is Forgiven has attracted the greatest attention. But inside the newspaper, fundamentalism and hypocrisy are mercilessly attacked at every turn. The leaders of Labour, the Liberal Democrats and UKIP have written to the Prime Minister saying it would be unacceptable if he tried to block televised debates during the general election campaign. David Cameron has said he will not take part unless the Greens are included. But Ed Miliband, Nick Clegg and Nigel Farage say they will go ahead without him. A Lib Dem MP is supporting calls by the Labour Party for an independent inquiry into the running of the East of England Ambulance Service, which covers Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire. The Shadow Health Secretary Andy Burnham says an internal NHS report shows that at least 57 patients, some of them terminally ill, died after emergency calls were downgraded last winter. Now the MP for Colchester, Sir Bob Russell, is backing such an investigation. A refugee charity is claiming that women held at Yarlswood Detention Centre in Bedfordshire are being watched by male staff while taking a shower. This is despite reassurances from the Home Office that men would not be allowed to supervise women showering, dressing or undressing. Yarlswood has faced heavy criticism in the past by human rights campaigners. Charities across the three counties are warning homelessness will become much more visible in our town centres if something isn't done to tackle it. The Wickham Homeless Connection says that funding cuts and more people asking them for help have put major pressures on their services. Matthew Heisman is chief executive of the homeless charity New Hope in Watford. He says cuts to funding means they have to scale back resources. We experienced a 20% reduction in county council funding last year. I mean, that was a, a typical figure across the board, across the county. And it just meant that we, like our organisations, are going to have to think much more sharply and work much more efficiently. In sport, West Ham are through to the fourth round of the FA Cup after beating Everton 9-8 on penalties. The match ended 2-2 after extra time. Everton had played for more than an hour with 10 men. And the weather forecast, most parts will be dry today with some sunny spells around 2 and highs of 5 Celsius. That's 41 in Fahrenheit. BBC Three Counties Radio News. I'm back with headlines at half eight. Thank you, Barry. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Four minutes past eight. Kelly and Catherine and Justin are here as well. Lots to cram in in the last hour of the show. Talking about um, uh, prisoners and uh, how we deport them. Boys playing with girls' toys apparently makes them, well, calmer and nicer. Um, What else? Uh, 
What else have we got, Catherine? It's, 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 we fired out loads of stuff today. Right, we've done boys playing with girls' toys. Yep. Uh, we're also talking about Charlie Hebdo and whether you will buy oh, it to make a point about freedom of speech. It's uh, out today in this country. Are you going to buy it? And if so, what is the reasoning behind it? Or do you think it's, you know, it's just a load of old nonsense and we shouldn't be getting involved? And will you just buy it this week? <clears throat> because it's a weekly magazine. Will yeah. you commit to buying it long-term? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Because everyone's making a big thing, oh, it's freedom of speech, and all the British papers should have printed. The thing is, if the British... if if for, I think the Independent printed the, 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 the front cover yesterday, and Panorama showed it. But if... Um, uh, if, for example, the Daily Mail were to put the, the front cover of Charlie Hebdo on their front cover... That's the editor's decision, okay, mm-hmm. to do that. But it's not necessarily the editor's life that is at risk, is it? It's um, it's the fella who works on reception. It's the woman that opens the post. It's it's all of those people that are, are in danger. And it's the people who are still left working for Charlie Hebdo as yeah. well. I mean, I know that they are taking making that decision for themselves, but in a way that would make the editor of the newspaper complicit in, in sort of sp- spiralling it out yes, of Yes, you should have freedom of speech, but if that freedom of speech, uh, you, you know, potentially could end with someone, um, uh, I don't know, shooting you or someone who works for you, then free- with, with freedom of speech comes responsibility, doesn't it? Mm. Doesn't it? I don't know. 08459 455555. <clears throat> He's clearing his throat. Now... A judge has called for the permanent deportation of a Portuguese burglar with a history of targeting elderly pensioners. It will be the second time that 34-year-old Daniel Besser was thrown out of the country, having already been deported in 2008. Well, he's now been jailed for eight years for robbing an 86-year-old disabled man after following home from the bank. This was a horrible story, wasn't it, uh, Catherine? Yes, absolutely. What did he so do? He spotted this chap who doesn't walk so easily, so he's obviously someone who is, you know, vulnerable. That yep. was the implication in court. He spots him taking money out from NatWest in um, in Watford Town Centre, follows him all the way home, waits for him to get settled in front of the television, and then bursts in to the room. He go, goes in through the kitchen window. What he didn't know was that this old fella had been burgled yeah. in the past and Hearts Police had installed CCTV inside his house. So they saw every single thing that happened. And the 86-year-old gentleman uh, went to hide his wallet and the fella, uh, this uh, crook, grabbed him by the throat and said, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you. All for a tenner. Well... No. What the pensioner's the one who's shouted, I'll kill you, I'll kill you. Oh, is that who yeah, shouted it? Oh, precise. brilliant. Oh, fantastic. Oh, good for him As then. As the fella ran away, he shouted, I'll kill right, you. Right, OK. But, it, but, but the Besser did, was strangling yes. him, wasn't he? Brilliant. Thank you for clearing that up, Catherine. Well, good for him. Well done, sir. Well, Sandra Sullivan, MBE, is a co-founder of Victims Voice and the founder of Justice for Victims. Uh, morning, Sandra. Good morning. So this fella had been booted out of the country before and, uh, well, was allowed back in. How does that make you feel? Sick. Sick. I'm angry. I think it's been repetitive. We had Alice Gross murdered by a la- person from Latvia uh, in the autumn, didn't we? And it's just gone on and on and on. And when I worked in the Home Office, I met- mentioned it so many times that they should investigate the criminal record of anybody. They just said that's a good idea and left it. So many times I've brought it up. They know. They're just too lazy. They won't do it. Is it laziness? I, or, I mean, I, I don't know 
Would it require a lot of extra manpower to be able to, to, to look at everybody who comes into the country and their entire well, why don't background? Well, have a database of all Europe, you know, and bringing in Interpol. Why don't they just have a worldwide database? There are about 192 countries on Interpol. Why don't they bring all that in? I am, I am one of those people, uh, Sandra, um, that uh, I'm, I'm all right with people coming in and out of the country. I, I'm not really that fussed about it. Yeah, but, am, but, but, but when they are... Dangerous patients, not e- dangerous people. Exactly. When they are dodgepots like this Portuguese chap, and, and you mentioned uh, uh, Alice Gross, of course, uh, you know, the, the, the murderer there. When they're dodgepots like that, we, we don't need them, do we? No, we don't. We don't need it, and we're putting our people at risk. Everybody is at risk. Everybody, foreigners, whatever, is at risk to let people in with a history of violence and crime. This Daniel Besser, the Portuguese chap, he seemed to have a penchant for... A, a really tough guy, Sandra. Uh, the fella here that he, uh, he attacked was 86 years old, and most of the people, his five offences, were people between 59 and 83, including snatching a purse from a 76-year-old woman and taking a handbag from a 73-year-old woman in a toilet cubicle. So he's a tough guy. It's easy pickings, isn't it? Yeah. What, what would you say? How would, what, what kind of support could you give these elderly victims in crimes like this? Well, just check out who comes into this country. Mm. Everybody should have their, their history on record. That's all you can do, but you can do that, and that doesn't need to happen. If you go to other countries, they check everybody out. They don't allow people in with a criminal record. They just they leave the door open here. In and out, and then when they got he got eight years sentence, he won't do eight years. It's just lip service. He won't do it, and it's sad to say that because this country's a lovely country, but we're just not looking after people. It was lucky that this old man had some guts, wasn't it, mm. and some strength because. Could have been killed, couldn't he, really? Sandra, thank you very much. Sandra Sullivan, MBE, co-founder of Victims Voice, joined by uh, Angela Herlihy-Turner, who is a serving Border Force officer. Angela, we just heard uh, Sandra there saying um, we need to have, like, a, a, a European, a worldwide record of everyone's criminal records, a database. I'm guessing that's not practical, is it? Um, yes, it could be. Um, and first of all, may I say, my, my views are purely my own. I have uh, <laughs> neither, the, neither the power um, nor the influence to, uh, to change uh, um, policy or, um, or enforce anything. Uh, I, I do hope that many would say that's a pity. Uh, but, um, yes, I, I think it is possible. Um, you know, heavens to Betsy, you can actually go abroad and, co- uh, and, and commit a motoring offence and they, will, uh, they can actually track you down mm. if they want to. That's, that's really not going to be a problem. But uh, it's, when it comes to people coming in here, in particular the, the, the case that uh, Sandra mentioned about uh, uh, young Alice, um, it, it's horrendous that somebody can commit such a heinous crime in their own country, serve uh, what I could consider a paltry sentence for that, and then be free to come over here and not even hit the radar. And the other thing that I, I think would help is that there should be only one single uh, recognised and accredited travel document, and that is in the form of a passport. We have become so lax and so lenient, you know, people can come in here on driving licences from certain places. I've experienced it from somebody I actually know. This is not through work. 
Um, now, if there's one single document and you haven't got that document and it's not in order, you're not travelling anywhere. I also think it might be a good idea to, and we're not going to encounter um, traffic offences or, or, or minor things, you know, like that, we'll say, we'll say minor. Um, but if you hit that, that bar, whereby such as um, Alice's killer, I won't mention him, he's not worth it, um, uh, but, but people like that, then I'm sorry, but there should be a no travel order. They should never be able to move from that country, in my opinion. They've done their damage. They've already ruined lives. Now, why should they be allowed to then go at freedom to go somewhere else and set up? And this has happened many times. And if we look up under the Freedom of Information Act, the amount of foreign prisoners that are in our jails, which are bursting at the seams, then uh, it, it's, very, it's very easy to uh, figure to find out. We already have enough homegrown criminals. We do not need to import them. And unless we get our act in order and say, no, you're not coming in, you are persona, persona non grata, we, we, don't, we don't want your kind of person, your type, amongst our communities, then I'm afraid this will carry on. And that makes me very sad because when you do reach a certain age, and, and uh, hopefully we all will, then we expect the laws and the rules and regulations of this country to protect us, and so they should. I suppose some people could could argue that, that, that lots of people that go to uh, to prison they they are rehabilitated and and, and are no longer a threat. Yes, you may well say that, but again, I'm afraid that the uh, the actual figures um, they 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 really don't don't hold that um, hold that in much esteem, and that's sad because I don't mind rehabilitation at all, um, but I'm afraid. Uh, it, it, it really is not um, as widespread as people think. Um, yes, people can get rehabilitated. I'm afraid the uh, percentage in, in uh, opposite, opposite the amount of people that are in there is really tiny. I'm not saying that that, that tiny percentage haven't done well, that haven't turned their lives around. But you know something? I think there are some times we have to accept that there are people in our society who don't possess the basic ingredients to make a decent human being. And when that happens, then we have to take steps to protect ourselves from what they are capable of. Angela, I, I really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Angela Hurley-Turner, serving Border Force officer, not speaking for the Border Force uh, um, a team, speaking as uh, she finds it. 08459 455 555. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Checking the motorways on the camera and the A1M southbound's looking quite slow between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. Also the M25 anti-clockwise looking busy between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. In Hewenden Valley, uh, between Hewenden Valley and High Wycombe, there are queues southbound from Cryers Hill to Hamilton Road through the roadworks. And in Beaconsfield on Amersham Road, that's looking very slow between Ledborough Lane and London Road. On the trains, no problem showing up on the departure boards. You sure? But on the Piccadilly... Yes, I, I sure? think so. You sure? No, no problem. problems? Checking up on the departure points. Only, only two minutes, so yeah. only two minute ones. Nope. The Piccadilly line, though, has severe delays between Uxbridge. Two and minutes could be a matter of life and death. Well, it could be. I mean, it... for, for your two minutes late for work, but maybe you should leave a bit earlier. <gasps> wow, I don't think you're allowed to express an opinion, Sammy. You're so controversial. 
8.16. It is uh, Wednesday the 14th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A judge has told a Portuguese burglar he should be deported after he attacked an elderly man in his Watford flat. And the new edition of the French magazine Charlie Hebdo has gone on sale around the world a week after its offices were attacked by Islamist gunmen. Well, this morning we're asking, would you buy it? And if so, why? 08459 455555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. Good the morning. JVS head wriggle there. Good they, morning. They won't work. That'll, be, that'll work in one ear. Go Do you on. think, well, that, if they work in one ear, oh, that's better. There we they go. They work. Yeah, excellent stuff. What have you got for us today? You look like an artist. Today. I wonder where he was going to say that. You like an R what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you look like an artist. Tell me, tell me why. Well, you've it's got a, a kind, kind of. Uh, I you, know it's an insult, but you've it's a got. Kind no, it's not. I'm going to take it as a kind thing. You've got a a uh, a kind of some kind of undershirt. Yeah. And then an overshirt on top. Yes. Rather like a like an art teacher. An art teacher or Kurt Cobain from uh, the Nirvanas. I don't know who that is, but you look a bit like an art teacher. Okay, an art teacher is different from an artist. Oh, what would you prefer? Artist. Artist. Yeah. You look like a, well, you could be an artist. Thank you. I think it. I think it's because artists wear an overshirt to yep. stop the splatter. I t- <laughs> I t- I t- are you sure you mean the word artist? I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm dressed scruffy because I was uh, was out late and I've got my scruffy jeans. These are my gardening jeans on. <laughs> You've got holes in your I've got, jeans. My, I've got my gardening jeans on. What's well, my nice, on my here? number one jeans. I broke the zipper. Ah, uh, a common problem. You can t- I can take that and get that fixed, can't I? Yes. Good. Yeah. Right. So I broke the zipper. The other jeans, number two jeans, were wet. Down to number three jeans. Gardening jeans. Gardening jeans. Yeah. Gardening jeans and an artist's outfit. Yeah, I'm living the life. <laughs> to look. This is how I dress when I'm working on the farm that I live on. <laughs> it's nice. Thank you very much indeed. I, I, yeah. What's on your show this morning? Coming up on the big phone in this morning from nine, was Charlie Hebdo right to publish a new cartoon showing the Prophet Muhammad? This morning, the new edition of the French satirical magazine Charlie Hebdo has gone on sale with a cartoon depicting the Prophet Muhammad on its front cover. Three million copies have been printed just a week after Islamist gunmen murdered eight journalists at the magazine and four other people in Paris. Today's cartoon shows the Prophet crying whilst holding a sign saying, Je suis Charlie. The editorial team took the decision to publish the cartoon despite the belief that previous cartoons depicting the Prophet prompted last, week terrorist, uh, last week's terrorist attack. Well, this morning from nine, I'd lo- like your reaction to this. Do you think Charlie Hebdo was right to publish a new cartoon Cartoon showing the Prophet Muhammad. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Now uh, the next trail we're going to play is you. Oh gosh. And now it's it's about you've got an MP coming in. When is oh, that? Oh, Gavin ha- Shooker today. Is that today? What time? Yes. Ten o'clock. Okay. Right. Now can I get a question in? Yeah. Yes. I haven't a pen to write it down. Hang on. Thank you very much for that pen. Right. Fire away. Uh, hello, Gavin. Hello. Right. Oh, we can skip that bit. This is Ian. By the way, a lot of people on Facebook have just been commenting on who cuts Gavin Shooker's hair. Oh, yeah. Well, hang on a minute. That's not, well, I suppose it could be relevant. Um, Gavin, is your name pronounced Shooker, as JVS says? <laughs> or is it Shooker, as Ian, as I say? Shooker. Shooker or Shooker? Or Shooker. I say Gavin Shooker. 
And I've been saying Gavin Shuker every time I've met the fella. And I know he's a very polite gentleman. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, at no point has he corrected me. Well, I don't know it much matters, does I'll it? I'll have the pen back, please. Oh. Well, it does matter, yeah. Are you, you're already on the back foot there, aren't you? Well... A little bit. See, so when you look at it, when you look at the way it's spelt... Yes. The C and the K... Shuka. Uh. I don't think it's got a C and a K, isn't it? Just a K. I'll ask him so all these questions. First so question is: it the first question, have I been pronouncing your name <laughs> entirely wrong for a week? Yes, please. Oh, this is going to be very embarrassing. He's been a local MP for nearly five years. He's risen through the ranks of the Labour Party, and now he's answering your questions. What makes you different to all the other politicians out there? Later this morning, Gavin Shooker will be in my hot seat to answer the questions that you set to him. Ultimately, that's a very difficult position to defend. Whether you're in his constituency or live elsewhere in beds, hearts and bucks, I want to know what you want the answers to. What I really want to know, if it comes to it, which party would you be willing to form a government with? Get your questions in now by emailing jvsshow at bbc.co.uk or text on 81333 starting your message with 3CR. Gavin Shooker in the JVS hot seat this morning from nine. Is it? Here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Is it Gavin Shooker in the hot seat or is it uh, Gavin Shooker in the hot seat? Is it Gavin? <laughs> I think we've got the first name right. Gavin. Oh, for goodness sakes. Um, Abraham's on his way to work. Good morning, Abraham. Hello, good morning. What would you like to say, sir? Yes, um, um, it's about what, what, what is happening in France. Oh, yeah, are you going to buy Charlie Hebdo? No. Why is that? Um, yes, it, 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 we, we've made religion look like some sort of thing where it, it's specially for some people. I mean, if... Sorry? Well, Abraham, I think, has been silenced. Let's, uh, let's try and get him back. First of all, let's make sure he's OK. Um, <laughs> that maybe this story is far reaching than we thought. I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure his line just dropped off, and I'm keen to hear his point. Uh, we're asking, would you, will you buy Charlie Hebdo? And if so, why? Why are you going to do it? Because a lot of people are going to be very angry. Is it worth winding people up? Just for the sake of winding people up? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. You can text as well and we'll, we'll have a look at the texts in a little bit. 81333 starts your text 3CR. Uh, I should just, I keep forgetting to say this at the right time. So I'll say it now. We're doing a new thing on Fridays. Started last week between 7.30 and 8 on Fridays. We are unlocking the doors to Three Counties Radio. Metaphorically, you have to buzz to get in. Uh, and you can come in and be on the show. Now, the only requirements are that you don't mind talking. That's it, really. Uh, and so you will come and sit in the studio. Catherine will be in the studio as well. Yes, I will. And we'll just have a chat. You don't need to come in. You don't need to be uh, have any talent at all. Well, you need to come in. Yeah, but you don't need to come in with any props, yep. is what yep. I was going to say. Yep. I mean, you might want to. We, we, had a, to. we had Britain's premier Mr T impersonator yeah. uh, the other day, and he was flipping brilliant. But... You don't need to be a, a character no. like that. You can be whatever, you know, just be a person that wants to come in and um, have a chat. That's yeah. it. Bring your kids, bring your nan, uh, whatever. But if you've got a pet owl, bring that. You know, do whatever. Just come and hang out. But you don't have to have any... It's not Britain's Got Talent, is no. what I'm saying to you. Let's just it's have better. a chat. It's better. 
08459 four double five five double five. Now, we've been hearing this morning that funding cuts and increased demand are pushing many of our area's homeless charities to the limit. My next guest is going a step further, warning that we're about to see more people out on the streets because charities like his can no longer help. James Boltby is Operations Manager at Wickham, uh, Wickham Homeless Connection. Morning, James. Good morning. So, so what, what, what is the problem? What are you, how bad are things going to get? Um, I think, yeah, pretty bad um, from the way things look at the moment. I think um, rough sleeping is just the visible tip of the iceberg, really, when it comes to homelessness. Um, behind that, there's the uh, whole horde of hidden homeless people. Um, that could be people that are sleeping in their cars, um, sleeping on a friend's sofa, um, even squatting. Um, and I think as the whole problem gets worse, uh, that visible tip of the iceberg is actually going to increase as well. Um, it's going to be quite obvious to everybody. Why is it getting worse? Um, I think there's no doubt that the welfare reforms are having a big part to play here. Um, and there's quite a few of those that have had an impact on the work that we do. Um, I mean, housing benefit is now only paid on the cheapest 30% of properties, um, which kind of reduces the supply there a little bit. Um, there's been changes to the way social housing is allocated, uh, tougher rules regarding benefit sanctions that have really hit homeless people uh, disproportionately. Uh, that can mean things like when people's job seekers', job seekers allowance is sanctioned, uh, their housing benefit will stop as well unless they notify the council. Some people don't realise that and end up in arrears. Um, you've got to be over 35 to get housing benefit on a room in, a sh- in anything but a room in a shared house, um, so there's less properties for younger people. Uh, the bedroom tax has had a bit of an impact. People are sometimes unable to pay their rent. James, why, smaller. why have you come out to say this now? Because there might be some cynics listening who think we're a few months away from a general election and uh, you're making a political point. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. I mean, we're, I don't, we're, not, we're not trying to make an ideological political point as much here as just a, a very practical point that um, a lot of these reforms are really just starting to hit now, partly because some of the... There were certain pots of funding that were available to help smooth the transition um, when a lot of these reforms came in. We were given a little bit of funding to help people get rent in advance. Um, One of the biggest things that affected us was um, people used to be able to get a crisis loan. When you move into a property, you nearly always have to pay two months rent in advance, and a lot of people on benefits just don't have that. and that just really, really impacted the amount of people we were able to help. We were given a little pot of money to help fund some of those, but it was just kind of one time only. Uh, and now that's running out, and I think we're really starting to feel the impact more now than ever. How else is your funding uh, being affected, and what's the impact that's having on the people that you work with? Um, well, our funding, we, we've been quite lucky, um, to be honest. Our funding has actually gradually been growing, but that's mainly because we're 90% voluntary funded. Um, we've, we're kind of growing as a very small, quite new charity in the area. Um, and, you know, we've got really good support from the community, which, we're, you know, we're really thankful for all the support. We've got tons of volunteers from Wickham um, as well. Um, although the, the, the small amount that we do get from the council is, is gradually being chipped away at. So, uh, you know, there's, there's always a risk. James, listen, I really appreciate your time this morning. Uh, keep doing the good work that you do. If people want to find out more about uh, the Wickham Homeless Connection, wh- how do they do that? 
Um, yeah, they can log on to our website. Um, that's uh, uh, www. Um, and it's uh, wyhoc.org.uk. Okay, brilliant. Well, um, yeah, so people should feel free to have a look at that. And there's uh, you know various ways that we, people can help us. James, thank you very much indeed. James Boltby, Operations Manager at Wickham Homeless Connection, 08459 455555. If you want to text 81333, start your text 3CR. We'll do some texts after uh, the news at half past. A uh, couple of quick questions. Um, do you think that boys playing with girls' toys would make them... What's he supposed to do, make them nicer? Make them more caring. If they play with dolls, they'll be more nurturing that's, and caring. That's apparently. rubbish. Why, did, it, why didn't you just bring them up to be caring? Why don't you bring them up to be care? My eldest yesterday, it was his birthday yesterday, and his youngest brother, of course, younger brother, um, wanted to open presents. It's his birthday next week. Uh, but I, I, he wanted to open presents. He's, three, he's, he's nearly three. So my eldest split his presents into two piles and said, I'll open these ones, you can open those ones. They're my presents, but you can open those ones. That's and really I, sweet. Isn't it? And I had to say, actually, no, I don't think that's right. You can, give, you can give him one or two to open, but I think you should open them because they're your presents. Yeah. But what... That, Do you that's know what, what I find? Do, I've got two little girls, and I find... I hear a lot of mums, of sons saying, oh, well, that's what boys are like. No. Boys are different. No. I think that sometimes mums make too many allowances for I, how different boys are. I think boys are more aggressive. I think that's that's a, um, a hormonal thing. You, you saw my boys when they came in, and you saw them over the road. They're amazing. Well, amazing's a strong word, but they were nuts, you know, they're just... Yeah, but that doesn't mean you don't correct it. No, exactly. Um, but I, I do you think know, that... appropriately. I'm not saying breathe that out of them or, you yeah. know... Boys, boys have different and uh, hormones going through through them than girls do, and I, yeah. I think there is an edge of aggressiveness. But they can but still be caring. Exactly, there's appropriate behaviour, isn't there? We're talking about that. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. And will you be buying Charlie Hebdo? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Having a look at the speed sensors in Aylesbury, it's looking quite slow on the A41 into Aylesbury and George has just called up to say the A4010 uh, from Aylesbury on, uh, to Risborough Road is looking very slow in the village of a Little Kimble because the lorry's unloading some concrete, so just checking that out on the speed sensors. It is looking a little bit slow, so thank you, George, for calling that in. Having a look at the cameras on the uh, M40, that's moving quite well, no major delay showing up there and checking the departure boards and no major delays showing up on the departure boards but on the London Underground there are severe delays on the Piccadilly line from Uxbridge to Acton Town. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half past eight with the headlines, I'm Barry Caffrey. A judge has called for the permanent deportation of a Portuguese burglar with a history of targeting elderly pensioners. It would be the second time 34-year-old Daniel Bessa was thrown out of the country, having already been deported in 2008. Ed Miliband, Nick Clegg and Nigel Farage have written to David Cameron to call for the televised general election leader debates to go ahead. They say if the Prime Minister doesn't agree, they'll go ahead without him. A new edition of the French magazine Charlie Hebdo has gone on sale, the first since Islamist extremists killed 12 people at its offices in Paris. Up to 3 million copies are expected to be printed.
A refugee charity is claiming that women held at Jarlswood Detention Centre in Bedfordshire are being watched by male staff while taking a shower. This is despite reassurances from the Home Office that men would not be allowed to supervise women showering, dressing or undressing. Jarlswood has faced heavy criticism in the past by human rights campaigners. And the weather, apart from the odd wintry shower in the morning, most parts will be dry with some sunny spells. Highs today of 5 Celsius. That's 41 in Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Everton are out of the FA Cup after they were beaten 9-8 on penalties by West Ham in their third round replay. The match had finished 2-2 after extra time. Roberto Martinez's side played for over an hour with 10 men following Aidan McGeady's sending off. Very, very proud of, of, of a performance that um, I thought it deserved to, to allow us to get through. But um, it's, it's, a, it's a game that we can be extremely proud in the manner that we adapted going down to 10 men and the amount of call opportunities that we open clear uh, away from home that we created. Um, overall, is a performance to be extremely proud. Fulham will face Sunderland in round four after their penalty shootout victory over Wolves. Their match finished 3-3 after extra time. There are three more third round replays this evening. The incentive for Bradford and Millwall is a fourth round tie against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Elsewhere, Ipswich host Southampton while Burnley travel to Tottenham. Ali Carter says he's back where he belongs after booking his place in the quarterfinals of the Masters snooker with a 6-1 win over Barry Hawkins. It was his first victory at a major tournament since being given the all-clear just before Christmas in his battle against lung cancer. I can focus on getting my career back now and being back at the top where I belong. And if it wasn't for all the things that have happened to me over the years, I'd have probably been a lot more successful than what I have. So all credit to myself for getting through it. It's, it's been uh, not, not pleasant, I can tell you. And in tennis, Britain's Kyle Edmund and Liam Brody both won their first ever matches in Australian Open qualifying. Edmund beat Tristan Lamassine of France in straight sets and Brody was also a straight sets winner over the ninth seed Farouk Dustoff. The other British man in qualifying, Bryden Klein, was beaten. BBC Three Counties Radio News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. So, would you buy Charlie Hebdo? Uh, boys playing with girls' toys, other bits and pieces. Catherine, some Texas, please. We- We've got Abraham back and Yvonne, I'll come to you in a second as well. OK, here we go. Uh, this OK, is here Pat. we go. Eyes down for a full house. Pat on Charlie Hebdo. Morning, Pat. I will, I will not be buying it because I don't need to. They've made their point in the new publication and I understand the concept of freedom of speech. In this country, you can say what you like in your home but can say only what the media allow you to say if they afford you the platform. Hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on a minute. Whoa, whoa. What's the media got to do with it? What's the media got to do with it and afford you the platform? I don't know what that means. Why? Well, you, you, you can say what you want in your house. You're correct. Why don't you go and stand in um, uh, Hyde Park Corner and say what you want to say? And then the, the, the media are not involved and then you can deal... I used to love going to Hyde Park Corner when I was in my 20s uh, and arguing with, uh, with the idiots there. I used to love it and that's the joy of it. The media's got nothing to do with it. I mean, the media... 
in terms of getting a message across, and by that I'm assuming you mean radio and television, is becoming less and less significant with the internet and with all, you know, do do, do the media. The thing is, once you are uh, under our, once we you're using our facilities to broadcast, essentially, we become responsible for yep. anything, any offence caused, any illegal activity, and so we do have to be careful. But yeah, you can say what you want out Speaker's Corner. Go to Speaker's Corner, Pat, film it, and let's know you get on, mate. Nick says, how does a magazine like Charlie Hebdo that was in severe financial difficulty and only have a reader's circulation of 60,000 and non-reliant on advertising revenue suddenly find the resources to mass-produce its products on an international scale in different languages? Um, well, because the, they know that they'll sell it. Mm, I guess it's a punt, isn't it? Yeah, That's so worth, worth taking. If someone's taking a punt. They'll, 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 I, don't know if you, I don't know if you've seen the publicity that magazine's got in the last week. Uh, people know about it. So it'll sell. Yeah, who would have been talking about a French satirical magazine this time yeah. two weeks ago? Yeah. Uh, the French. David from Ligre. Well, probably not even the French. Even they weren't that bothered by it. 60,000 of them. If the purpose of the attack was to silence the magazine, it did not work as the whole world is now aware of the magazine. So they've turned a small magazine into an international one. Also, why have we not heard about the massacre of 2,000 people in North Nigeria? Mm. David from Ligre. We talked about that yesterday. Yeah, it's, it's, um, I was going to say it's a funny one. That's an inappropriate phrase, but I, I think you know an what odd I mean. One. Yes, it's an odd one. Uh, and Ian says, if a news paper doesn't print a picture out of fear bless, bless you. you doesn't that tell the terrorists that they can get away with what they want through violence well there's is it fear or is it responsibility to their employees because if i'm the head of the daily express and i say god damn it we're printing that cartoon of muhammad um then i'm putting um uh, i'm putting my life at risk but you know what i'm probably quite well protected uh, but I'm putting the life of everybody beneath me, including the, the woman that works on the door, the, the young lad in the post room. I'm putting their lives at risk. I put the, the, the fella that's selling it in his newsagent, I'm putting his life at risk. So, Abraham, we got you back. Good morning, Abraham. Good morning. Will you, uh, will you remind me, were you going to be buying Charlie Hebdo? Uh, well, uh, it's a yes and a no. A yes yep. and a no? Yes. And yep. no. Yes, today, if I'm buying it today, for the purpose of promoting freedom of speech, yep. for the purpose of telling those terrorists that we are tired and, 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 and had enough of them. Um, if you want to promote your religion or if you think someone doesn't believe in your religion, it's up to you to educate the person without necessarily killing the person. You so spend if you kill more people who don't believe in your religion, whom are you going to convert into your religion again? You spending a fiver, I've got no idea how much it is, let's say it's a fiver, you spending yeah. a fiver on this, yeah. uh, this magazine, yeah. how is that going to teach um, uh, uh, Muslim extremists a lesson? Um, the way is to raise some funds for, this, uh, for the people who have lost uh. their lives, their families and stuff. Abraham, okay, we got we got the point. I think we got the point. Abraham's got a really crap phone. Is the point from that? Thank you, Abraham. Yvonne's in Cranfield. Yvonne, are you going to be buying Charlie Hebdo? No. Why? Well, for two reasons. One, I can't buy it in the village, and two, I wouldn't anyway. Okay, so well, supposing you you could buy it, you go into your local shop and it's there. You're choosing not to buy it. Why is that? Because I do believe in freedom of speech. But I do feel that you have to respect. Now, at the moment, we are talking about language. We are talking about religion. And I think we have to respect Protestants, all Christians, Roman Catholics, Buddhists, Jews, and everybody else. 
And I do think that now we've got the internet and we are getting Facebook, etc. And people can say exactly what they like. Here's an argument that someone might put forward. An atheist would say, well, why do I have to respect a Christian or a Jew or a Muslim? Why, they, they believe in fairy stories. Why would I have to respect that? Yeah, absolutely fine. Just don't uh, criticise them. Or why? Well, because why should you? But why shouldn't you? You should be allowed. You, surely we should be allowed to criticise people. Uh, for example, and this isn't me saying this. And let me just play devil's advocate. There are some people who feel very strongly against the indoctrination of children into religion, uh, that, and, and that of course happens if you are in a religious family. So people should be allowed to say that they feel that's wrong. Uh, yes, all right. Or wrong. Yes, right or wrong, it is their choice. But people should be, and it's their choice to say that they think that's wrong. What? On the World Wide Net? Yes, on the World Wide Net, yes. No, I would disagree with that. So people can't say on the World Wide Net, on the WWN, that it's wrong for people to bring up their kids as Muslims. People can't say that. I would agree with that. Or as a Christian, or as a Jew, or as a... whatever. So people... Let me just make sure I got this right. You don't think people should go on the internet and be able to say, I think it's wrong for um, parents to bring up their kids as Jews? No. It is their choice. It's the parents' choice. Yes. But, but then it's the, the atheists' choice, uh, and right, surely, if you believe in free speech, to be able to criticise that choice, isn't it? No. I would, dis- well, I would disagree with that if it gets to the stage when people shoot other people, bomb other people. But, th- but if, people are gonna, if people take such offence at, 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 at me, if I go on Twitter now and tell my 42,000 followers, I think it's wrong that Muslim parents bring up their kids as Muslims, uh, that's my right to say that. Now, if somebody um, gets offended and wants to kill me, well, that, that, that's, in, that's their problem, isn't it? That's, that's inappropriate for them. No, they need to learn self-restraint. No, it's your problem. Wow. I think there ought to be restraint. Yeah, we restraint with from nut jobs that have got guns. Not from words, surely. Well, words and guns can become interchangeable. No, they no, they can't. Guns have got yes, bullets. They do. Guns have got bullets. Words have got punctuation. I know what I'd rather be hit with. An exclamation mark. I'm sure you would be. But believe me, the way the world's going at the moment, words and guns are becoming interchangeable. Yvonne, I, I call again. I've enjoyed that a lot. I'm not quite sure I get that point, but I, and, uh, I, I don't agree with a word you've said, but I respect your freedom to say it and think it. And I wouldn't censor you from the internet or anywhere. You can say that anywhere you want. The World Wide Net or anywhere. Thank you, Yvonne. Liam's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Liam. Morning, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. Are you going to buy Charlie Hebdo? Um, 
Well, I'm probably not going to, but I, I wouldn't have a problem if other people went out and bought it. At okay. The end of the day, so. um, but no, I just wanted to say a quick thing. Basically, I'm a, I'm a Catholic um, young man, and I'm in a relationship with a Muslim guy. Oh, Liam, what on earth are you thinking? <laughs> but it's it was quite strange. Obviously, when everything happened, um, I just spoke to her and I said, "Well, I, I'm not." of the understanding I don't understand why you get so offended about a picture like this and she said obviously well because he's a he's a prophet and you shouldn't depict him in any sense but then I I arose the point and even she agreed with me that in in her religion whereas in my religion we believe Jesus was the son of God um, and in their religion they see Jesus as a prophet and I put the question over that Say if Jesus was on the front cover of Charlie Hebdo today, would there be such an uproar from Muslims for depicting a prophet, or would it just be because it's their prophet? Here's the thing, right? Because there is this argument, and apparently, I, I'm not a scholar, of course, of the Quran. You may be surprised to hear, guys. The whole thing about not depicting Muhammad comes down to one line, and it's a similar line in the Bible. Basically, you shan't draw silly pictures of it. It comes down to one line that can be interpreted. What he didn't want was for him to be deified because he said, I am not God and I don't want people worshipping me. Right, okay. It comes down to that one line. Now, yeah. uh, while you're speaking, how far does this go, this rule about you're not able to draw cartoons of Muhammad? Um, I think it just goes out of out of pure respect that shouldn't even there shouldn't even be a drawn picture right, of them. Although why? they did do it in the Ottoman times. Yep. So artists, yeah. Muslim artists, would do it then. So there was a wavering of the rules. It's just something that's been clawed um, back. While you're talking, I've drawn a picture of Muhammad. Right. Well, yeah. Now is that is that is that bad? Is that? Bad? I've just sat here and I've doodled a picture of a fella in a long robe and I've I've written Muhammad next to him. Is that? Is that offensive to Muslims? Well, you're not making them look at it. No, I, I wouldn't personally find that um, offensive, and I'm sure my partner wouldn't even find that offensive. She said there's, there's a fine line between, you know, insulting him and, yeah. you know, just someone drawing a picture. And she said, if you drew a picture, I wouldn't be best pleased, but I wouldn't. But she wouldn't. But it. she wouldn't be best pleased. So even even that, even you as her her partner, that would still rile her in some way. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And but then, if I drew a picture of Jesus, she, it wouldn't cause as much of an issue. Liam, uh, even th- though he's a prophet. Thank you, Liam. Have we had some good calls on this over the last two days? Some really good calls. There we go. I'm not going to tweet this picture or anything because I don't want any trouble. But I've just drawn a picture of a fella and I've put an arrow by and uh, the word Muhammad. Is that offensive to Muslims? I genuinely, th- I think the problem some Muslims had with that picture in particular was though that it was quite it was a, it was a caricature, wasn't it? But great big nose. Great you're nose. not allowed to to. But according to these hardline Muslims, you're not allowed to draw him in any way you're whatsoever. Not any living creature. Oh, flipping heck. Those, those artists in Leicester Square who do sketches of you and Mel Gibson, they're going to be uh, right out of business, aren't they? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 northbound, there was an accident between Junction 13 for Bedford and 14 for Milton Keynes. That has now been cleared and there were some queues starting to build up, but they are easing off. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there are queues between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. And having a look at the A1 southbound, that's very slow between the St. Neots Junction and the Black Cat Roundabout. Also, George calls to say that on Risborough Road from Little Kimble towards Aylesbury, a lorry's unloading some concrete, so that's causing some queues there. On the train's no major delay showing up on the departure boards and the Piccadilly line only has minor delays now after the signal failure earlier. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. 
Hey, look at the time. It's 8.47. We're nearly done. Blimey, it's nearly time for JVS to come in. Uh, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A 34-year-old man who lives in Watford has been told he should be deported to Portugal after stealing £10 from a pensioner. And a refugee charity claims that one woman held at Yarlswood Detention Centre in Bedfordshire uh, has been watched by male staff while taking a shower. Uh, let's get the weather! Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. The Met Office still has a yellow weather warning in force for snow and ice for this morning. It uh, doesn't really seem to be proving um, too much snow around, but there may be one or two flurries over higher ground. Also some icy stretches as the temperature is cold enough for things to freeze on the floor. So we head through. It's quite quiet actually today. Thankfully, it's the calm before the storm. We will get a little bit of sunshine, some wintry sunshine. It's going to feel bitterly cold though today with temperatures barely getting up to 5 Celsius. Our next uh, weather warning is in force, issued by the Met Office for wind, strong winds and some heavy rain affecting some of us. The rain really towards the M4 and south of that so um, Buckinghamshire, Berkshire but the wind is across the board very strong gale force winds gusts of 50 to 65 miles per hour starting later on this afternoon overnight and into tomorrow morning coupled with some very heavy rain it's a cold front that moves through when it does the temperature will drop quite dramatically so by dawn tomorrow morning we're looking at around 3 Celsius and that's your forecast Here's a good Ian is a regular good tweeter I think, given the opportunity, I would buy the paper, Charlie Hebdo, to support freedom of speech, but I'm not interested in reading it. It looks rubbish. If you've missed any of the programmes here on BBC Three Counties Radio, you've missed things like this. Justin and I went to Luton, holding each other's hands. We've had looks. We've definitely had looks, haven't we? We've had looks, and I saw a dad usher a child away from us. But there is a way you can hear it all again. David is no longer your name. No, it is not. It's uh, actually legally changed now, all above board, yeah. You are now Hatcher. I'm an action hero now, aren't I? (laughs) bbc.co.uk slash Three Counties Radio. Allowing you to listen to what you missed. We often hear about the bravery of men in Bletchley Park, but what about the women? Some locals were very concerned that their plans for the old Aston Martin site would be the death of the high street. Well, I think it's very good news for the high street. The fear was that Newport would uh, go exactly the way other towns have gone. BBC.co.uk slash Three Counties Radio. Any texts, Catherine? Yes. Go on, what we got? Eight one three double three. Start your text, 3CR. Uh, hang on. Lots uh, of. Can I just say the last since coming back from Christmas? What what did you guys get for Christmas? A boot up the backside from your mums. We we've had so many more calls and phone calls, haven't we? It's been brilliant. Yeah. Keep it up, please. Love it. Uh, Pat's back. Hello, Pat. You chucked off Steve. <coughs> had a different opinion to you from your radio program with regards to homosexuality. That's what I mean about the media allowing you a platform which has a larger audience. Says when, Pat, I, when, I don't remember. Was that, that the was. guy who was being? Oh no, Steve said it was hum- abnormal. Yeah, Steve was being uh, 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 particularly uh, ridiculous and obtuse. And he was. I, I suspect that Steve was just doing it to get a rise out of me. I think that's all that and was. And here's the thing: we don't have to put everyone on. No. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's not a democracy, guys. It, th- th- those two that I'm looking at, Catherine and Kelly, they decide who goes on, and I'm just kind of like the third port of call. And if I don't, if, if you're going to say something that's, that's just offensive and horrible, then has to add to the uh, discussion mostly. Yeah. And Pat, stop texting. Call in your plum. Uh, Anne has sent us an email 
Speaking of people, they never ring up. <laughs> She's saving her pennies. Uh, talking about... We, by the way, we call you back. You ring in, and generally, unless you want to come on air immediately, and it's that second, we call you back. Ian, there is a name for those who retreat <clears> in the face of threats, either real or perceived. It's called cowardice. Ooh, or sensibility. The p- printing of this publication says, we will not be cowed, capital letters. Bubbling under the surface of daily life, there is a latent fear and aggression, and capital letters, which, unless addressed, will consume us all. Charlie Hebdo has at least given a voice to that fear. We must not back down now. And I look forward to seeing the picture of you holding up an issue of Charlie Hebdo and allowing us uh, to put that on Twitter. If if, if that's what you believe, you know, freedom of speech is the key thing here, then I look forward. Or you can do it, you know, and we'll retweet it. Picture of you holding that up. Hey, remember earlier on we had a tweet, I had a tweet from Usman, who said uh, exactly what he said was, what point are we trying to make after buying this magazine? And I said, that's what we're asking the listeners. Yes. Will you give us a ring? He's given us a ring. Hey, morning, Usman. Morning, Ian. How are you? I'm all right, fella. What you got for us? Your voice is deeper than I imagined it to be. <laughs> it's funny, you, when, you, when you get tweets from someone, you, ima- you kind of make up things. I thought you'd be a little bit high-pitched. Anyway, go on, Isma. What have you got? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry about that. I just wanted to clear the air. I mean, it's nothing against you guys over here. I absolutely love the programme. listen to it every morning. The problem with me not calling is I'm a taxi driver in the daytime uh, and I'm driving around passengers, so I can't really... Uh, call, forget, but forget, I those, time. forget those losers, Usman. Boot them out. Come on. <laughs> so what, what's the point you're trying to make? Uh, basically, I, I mean, talking about Charlie Hebdo and all of the, I mean, I, I think it's a very sensitive issue. For me, myself, being a Muslim, uh, uh, I think, again, we've had a lot of discussion about that recently as well on your shows as well uh, about this being a sensitive issue. I, I would just like to say one thing that, I mean, if, for example, there's an issue and people get offended by it, I mean, it doesn't matter if they're Muslims, it doesn't matter if they're Christians or whoever they are, then what is the point of actually taking the risk or actually just, I mean, doing the same thing, which actually annoys a lot of people. And, I mean, Muslims all over the world, I mean, obviously they're not happy about it. I mean, freedom of speech is there, but again, why would you why would you do it just for the sake of it? Why now, I, can't we criticise religions? I mean, you definitely can. I mean, the thing is, again, I wouldn't criticise religion again, because what I've been taught is if you criticise or if you say bad things about other religions, the same is going to come in return as well, and people will obviously talk bad about you and your religion as well. So why uh, it's a basic, just don't even start there. So I wouldn't start there. I'm not asking you not to criticise religion because it's not about criticising religion, it's about making fun of something uh, or some someone who's actually very sensitive or very close to a lot of people around the world. And I think Muhammad, again, uh, because uh, he is the last messenger of God and he's... In, in, some, your, some in your opinion... In our, of course, in our opinion, it might obviously, because, yeah. again, the thing is, it's a different country we live in, and I understand that as well, because a lot of people, or some people over here, are not religious, and they don't look at it in that way. But, on the other hand, because after the terrorist attack uh, last week, they published this, I think it looks more like, there you go, in your faces, we, we've still done it. So, well, well, I mean, I, I, I'm not totally wrong. could argue, and I'm not, I'm not calling them terrorists, I'm calling them thugs and crooks, uh, because I think terror, giving them the term terrorist gives them a certain um, uh, cachet that they don't deserve. Uh, you, it could be wait, it could be argued that those thugs were pretty much in the faces of those cartoonists, but with guns, whereas the yeah. cartoonists are just in their faces with, with pens and pencils. Very true, but again, we have to look at what we are basically talking about. I can understand what that magazine is all about, but again, it is a sensitive issue. Why do you have to touch only that particular issue they, they, again but, and again? But they don't. They don't only thing, touch that particular issue. They, they, they mock all religion, or they, they, uh, they poke all religion. 
Now, the, yeah, the problem the problem over here is you're absolutely right. They don't they they do it with every religion. However, the one which has been highlighted, unfortunately, by even by Muslims as, as well, is when it comes to Prophet Muhammad. But it's been highlighted. But it's been highlighted. The, the the Muslim issue has been highlighted because they were shot by people claiming to be Muslims. The the, the, the Jews haven't gone and 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 shot them. One fella got done for submitting a, a, an anti-Semitic cartoon, uh, uh, and 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 he got fired. But the, the but Jews didn't go and, and and try and blow up the place. Christians haven't gone to try and shoot them in the face. You know, we, we will again get into the uh, into the discussion of again whether they were Muslims or not. I'm not going to get get there because well, we do, all do, know. Do you think they were Muslims? We're getting into that discussion again. No, I wouldn't say that because obviously the. I mean, again, I mean, you have discussed it many times as well. You know it. I know it. What Islam says, it doesn't say it or doesn't say. You know what? If, if somebody does like that, you go and kill them. No, you can't kill any innocent person. It doesn't matter what religion they are, what they look like, what their skin color is like. It's human beings. It's, it's human beings first, and actually, religions. Religions. I have just when I was talking to the last caller, I've just drawn a picture, and I'm rubbish at drawing, so it looks ridiculous. <laughs> I've just drawn a picture of Muhammad. Now, is that offensive? Is that going to put my life in danger? <laughs> you know what? I, as soon as you said it, I was laughing because the thing is, no, I, I know what you're saying, but the thing is, again, you're not actually do, you're not going to publish that. As soon as you did that, you said you're not going to put it on Twitter because, again, you don't want to offend so people. So the problem would then start if I put it on Twitter, would it become a problem? No, the thing is, when you obviously you put it online, it may offend. I haven't seen the picture. I can't say anything because you may not even have drawn anything. A, young, you know what? You... a younger me without kids would, would whack that up without moments has. Hesitation. A 41 year old me who's got two kids is not going to. Callin, stay there. Um, uh, uh, Osman, stay there. Callin's on the line. Morning, Callin. Good morning. Callin, what would you like to say? Well, um, I would like to say that, you know, bullets are hurting as much as, uh, uh, as a pen. Well, and no, no, Callin, I'd, I'd like to say with the greatest respect, that's complete and utter nonsense. Pen, pen, well, bullets are hurting a lot more than, um, than pens, mate. Well, there are, and they're there killing. are people. And absolutely. Well, um, what I would like to say is that if you look at the people that uh, grew up, well, they were born and grew up in, in a country uh, where uh, the Prophet Muhammad is, uh, is, is, is revered so highly, um, and this is where they refer to five times a day uh, when they do pray. Um, it, it, they take it very personal. So uh, somehow, uh, by by republishing it, it's, it's just being, um, as my uh, my uh, the gentleman before me uh, said, it would be a slap in the face, even to the people that what about the don't fellas, really. What about the seventeen people that, that, that didn't get slapped in the face? They got shot in the face. What, what about yeah, that's, them? That's absolutely. That's absolutely. And I think every Muslim is condemning. Every normal Muslim is condemning that. It's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. And it's 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 bad because if they wouldn't have been Muslims, um, uh, you know, uh, probably, you know, uh, they, they bring a bad reputation. Callin, very quickly, listen, we've got a minute left. Callin, I've drawn yeah. a picture of Mohammed. It looks absolutely ridiculous. It looks like he's wearing a dress. <laughs> is, that, uh, is that offensive? Am I, am I, you know, being offensive? Everyone, you know, again, everyone is free to draw whatever they want. Well, it turns, uh, are they? Uh, well, if if I would come, um, I'm 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 just saying. I mean, if if I would draw a picture of you, um, ridiculous, and come to you and say, "Look, this is how you look to me," yeah. you would probably be offended as well. I wouldn't be know? I wouldn't be bothered so, in the slightest. It's <laughs> a different, you, that, Sorry. That's different. Um, yeah, that's that's a different approach, you know. I mean, um, why would you do it if you know? But Khaled, am I, have I done something offensive by drawing a, a, a picture of Mohammed that took me twenty seconds? No. Okay. No, Very quickly. That's, final that's question. Fine. One question each. Usman, are you going to buy Charlie yeah. Hebdo? Yeah. You're going to buy it. 
No, sorry, I said, no, I'm never going to buy it. No, <laughs> okay, right. So got, and uh, Callan, are you going to buy Charlie Hebdo? No, not really. I don't speak French. <laughs> no, it's coming out with an English, um, uh, an English translation. Still, I don't think they touch a topic that interests me at all. Uh, Callan, thank you very much indeed. I've just been sent a really interesting link from upstairs. Yeah, go on, I've just seen that, it. Uh, yeah, it's, they're selling a copy of Charlie Hebdo on eBay for £760. On that note... Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Looking at the motorways and the M1 northbounds moving well now through where the accident was between Junction 13 for Bedford and 14 for Milton Keynes. On the A1M southbound, that's looking quite slow between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. And looking at the A1 southbound, it's looking quite slow between the St. Neots Junction and the Black Cat roundabout. In Hurendon Valley, between uh, the Cryers Hill in Hurendon Valley and Hamilton Road in High Wycombe, that's looking quite congested through the roadworks. And into High Wycombe on the A404 as well, that's also looking very busy. On the trains, the 913 service from Luton to Bedford has been cancelled and there are minor delays on the Piccadilly line. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Samantha, thank you very much. Yeah, char- this Charlie Hebdo special uh, edition, January the 14th, 2015, is on uh, eBay. There's one going for £760. It's had 43 bids. Flipping heck. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Wednesday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, was Charlie Hebdo right to publish a new cartoon showing the Prophet Muhammad? <laughs> 